right, good day to you. My name is Fred Oakman, and as always, with me today is Mr. Jake Peters. We are PS This Is Awesome. We're a PlayStation podcast, and this is episode 278. And this is a show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. So before we get on the show, I want to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube. YouTube.com slash PS This Is Awesome. And if you want to make fun of our trophy list on the PlayStation Network, you can find me at anchorless underscore 81 and Mr. Jake Peters at jakesaw zero one. As always, you can write our show at awesome at gmail.com. And most importantly, don't forget to share the show with your friends. Be sure to leave comments. Rate our podcast as you see fit. Leave comments, do all the things, give us all the stars in the world. It helps push our podcast a little closer to the top and uh, so people can check us out. And as a reminder, we're also a video podcast as well. So you can watch our show if you prefer over on YouTube. So be sure you are subscribed to our channel over there. And for new and or longtime listeners, we now have a Patreon. You can support our show for $1 a level. Uh, $1 a month at the Patreon level called the one and only $1 Club. That is a tongue twister. Head over to patreon.com slash PS. This is awesome. And you can become a $1 patron and get a free die cut vinyl sticker and a shout out on the show. Here is the sticker right here. And uh, yeah, so we would appreciate if you did that. And uh, I've been thinking like maybe just one shout out isn't enough. Maybe like a monthly shout out or something to our patrons. Um, We haven't seen much movement, but you guys all know who you are and we do appreciate that. And Jake, with that out of the way, how are you doing today? Pretty good. It's been a a good, beautiful uh, Memorial Day weekend so far. I spent the whole day with my family. Um, We had some family stuff. We don't usually do anything on the day of Labor Day, but we did uh, some family stuff today. And um, Memorial Day. Yeah, yeah. What did I say? Labor Day. That's all right. I didn't mean to crutch you. Go ahead. (laughs) Just making Um, sure. And then. I know uh, you and I had talked about golfing, but it didn't really end up panning out because I had this family stuff. Well, I ended up going with my dad and my brother oh. while we were together, and um, I hit the farthest drive I've ever hit before in my life. Really? And uh, my brother stepped it out with his uh, with his GPS. It was 326 yards. <laughs> That's like professional level. Do you have a new club or something? Like what happened? Downhill? No, no, Wind at your back? I crushed it. I, I, dude, I have no idea. I can't even I, – I don't even know. Because what was funny is we we came up to the um, – I mean it's just basically flat. Like it wasn't downhill or anything. But it probably bounced quite a bit because it, it's been dry here. But my brother – cranked this ball right up the middle of the fairway he hit it like it was like 300 yards and i was just like i'm just gonna try and fucking hit it straight and because i'm i'm really it was my first time golfing this year and i was just really struggling with my driver yeah and then uh i don't know i just gripped it and ripped it and freaking just blew past my brother's ball I outdrove my dad by like a hundred yards. It's insane. It was awesome. Other feel. than that, I played like I played kind of like shit. What'd you score on that hole? Par. Uh, I got a par. Yeah. yeah, I think it was it was a par five, and my second shot was actually over the green. So wow. if I had if I if I had um, dropped a club length, I probably could have been on in two and had an eagle putt, but I just. 
the fact that I got it close to the green on my second shot was awesome because usually when I have a good drive like that, I just fuck the That's second shot. That's why I asked. So yeah, bad. I'm the same way. So, uh, but yeah, I, I played pretty good. I, like bogey golf, which is like, in my opinion, it's not too bad. So Good. I played pretty good. Other than that, not too bad. Just good seeing the family. How about yourself? Oh, man. We had a concert so how was the show yeah how did how did nate do fantastic it was awesome yeah yes yeah we were i don't even know what i did friday night uh doesn't it doesn't even matter i it's it's all a blur to me um saturday was a concert we played pittsburgh at 222 ormsby which is like this punk rock venue it was a really good time man It, it probably wasn't the best weekend for a concert because all of the locals in Pittsburgh who would come out to catch us were like all doing Memorial Day shit, like camping out, like going back home to hang out with family. So like, but there was a good crowd and uh, I feel like we did really good. We, we played really well. It was a, it was a stacked show. My buddy Ryan, who plays in Signals Midwest also has a new band called Reckon, Reckon and uh, they, they opened and then Human Animal from Erie, I think there might be some dudes from Disciple or something in that band, and they played like Erie hardcore stuff, and they were good. And then we played, and then Danvers had their record release show, uh, so Danvers played last, and uh, they're from Pittsburgh, so it was really fun, man. Nate killed it, and uh, dude, I was just so like, it was so weird. Like I was, I was walking. It, it's not like in the best area in Pittsburgh, but like so, uh, par- there's like parking's very limited. Um, a lot of friends came out. Uh, Mike Fritz came out all the way out from Harrisburg to come out and hang out with us. So Nate and Mike hung out after the show and they stayed out late. I think Troy's brother came out. Uh, it was a good time, man. It was a lot of fun. But where I was going with that is like, I was walking to the venue and there were like all these like street punks, like legitimately like the dirtiest fucking street gutter punks you'd ever seen in your life. And I mean that in an endearing way. Like, they would be fucking honored. Um, but, like, the one dude had, like, this dog and, like, I'm walking by and I'm like, are these guys like just fucking homeless or are they here for the show? Like, I really didn't know. And the guy was like, are you guys like playing, like, punk today? And I was like, yeah, kind of. Like, he's like, what, what, do you, kind, what kind of punk is it? And then the girl was like, there's like an emo punk. And she's like, there's a, and then she's like, I'm just fucking with you. And she's like, cool, we're excited to see you guys play. <laughs> I was like, all right. And I didn't know what the hell you guys were talking about. But like, they were really nice and it was cool. And uh, there were a lot of people who showed up afterwards. But like, I haven't seen like legit like gutter punk, street punk kids in forever. And uh, they weren't even kids, man. They were grown ass adults. And I just, what a lifestyle. Um, Super kind. Uh, the one dude had a dog, and uh, I'm guessing I don't know. I, I'm assuming they were all homeless. Like I have no idea, but they were there, and uh, it was fun. But yeah, dude, we had a great time, and um, it just uh, there's this really cool picture. It's like the ultimate punk rock compliment is to get like the bird from another punk rock dude in the crowd. Like that's that's like their way of saying like. You're fucking cool. Like, you know, there's this picture of Eric standing in the crowd, um, just kind of his arms crossed with this fucking white hat while we're playing, like, really clean and, like, fucking Eric. 
And then right next to him is this street punk kid with his shirt off and a huge beard just going like this to us, like two middle <laughs> fingers up. Like, But they he had the nicest things to say when we were done, and, and everyone was really, really cool, man. Uh, that's a really, really special place, that 222 Ormsby. Um, they've got a great spot. They've got great sound. Uh, it's really – it's like in a residential area. I don't know how the fuck they get away with it. Like it's so weird. Like the music has to be done at 11, but like – like right next door is somebody's house, and it's like I don't yeah. even understand how they do this. Um, we had a blast though, dude. It was really really fun, and uh, love those punk kids, man. They're always a good time. So hell yeah, it was a good time. So I don't know. Did that? I I told myself that I was going to start running again this today. Today's Sunday, and I did. I went out, did a two mile run, not a lot. But something for someone who's not ran in six months. So went out and ran two miles on the on the track, and uh, I'm gonna go back out tomorrow and do some interval running, and it's gonna be fun, man. I'm getting back into it, getting back in shape. I feel good. A lot of stuff going on. Uh, just gotta, you know, helps your mind and stuff. So uh, that's how my weekend has been so far. I'm not working tomorrow because of the holiday, and uh, had a birthday on Friday. That's what I did. I went golfing Friday. Uh, Friday was my birthday, so I went golfing. We golfed. It's a tradition for my father and I to play Halewood and uh, did relatively well. It's an easy course, uh, you know, part a few, bogeyed a few, couple over on a few, and, you know, I can't – that course is looking nicer, and I know the listeners don't fucking care about this. They want to hear us talk about the PlayStation Showcase, and we're going to get there, but – um, Halewood is like owned – I think it's got new ownership or something, but like it's looking way cleaner and nicer or maybe we just got there when it was freshly mowed for Memorial Day. Like we went on Friday and like it was like really, really clean and nice. I was like, wow, all right. But we had a good time. Yeah, that course is always a little rough. Yeah. Greens are always super deep and Yeah. I don't know. It was better. It's better than I've ever it's the best I've ever seen it. Um truly. It was really nice. All the signs were repainted and stuff and like it, it was pretty decent shape. Not my favorite course, but it's the closest to me. So, anyways, with that out of the way, Jake, let's talk about games that we're playing. Um, right now, I am still cruising through the Yuffie DLC content. I got a little further in it. I got pretty far, and then I died, and then I realized that there wasn't an autosave, and like it took me back like 45 minutes, and I'm like, fuck. Like, there wasn't like a save point. And, like, it really irritated me. I just died in, like, a random battle um, somehow. And uh, I don't know. I, I Playing that a little bit, I'm still tinkering with Met- Metro Exodus on PS5, just slowly working my way through the first open world area you're at. Um, not, not, like, the first, but, like, the, the area with, like, the trains and you're trying... Yeah. Not, not the train you're on, but, like, there's, like, a railroad depot and then, like you're trying to get to like this tinkerer guy who is going to help you with the train because you broke down. So it's kind of walking through that and I'm playing it on easy and it's so fun on easy. It's so much better. Like for yeah. me, just cause I don't have to like worry. Well, about that game's shit. hard. I mean, yeah. it's not an easy game. So yeah. What about you? What are you playing? Uh, so I beat the main story for final fantasy seven remake it took me 16 less hours to beat it the second time than the first time. So that was kind of interesting. 
Um, I think it was my my previous save was 46 hours or 43 hours, and my save this time for beating it was 27. So that was pretty impressive. Yeah. And then um, so I started the Yuffie DLC, but I basically am just getting my feet wet. I just got to the Sector 7 portion, um, did a couple. Her, her – um, her combat, at least I've only played with it a little bit, but I like that it's it's different. I like that it's like it's got some unique kind of aspects to it. But I'm only like I said, I'm only maybe thirty, forty minutes into it, so I'm not super deep yet. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Very good. Well, uh, I'm, I feel the same way about the UV stuff. It's I'm slowly figuring it out. Um and it gets even more interesting when you get other party members. In this, do you have any other additional party members yet, or no? Nope. Yeah. All right. Not so yet. when you do, it gets even more interesting. All right. Cool. So we're gonna touch into listener feedback. We do this every show. So if you guys or girls would like to write us, um, you can do so, and uh, we will talk about what you say on the show and uh, or in your comments. And the best way to do it, we would prefer just a dollar a month. Go to over to Patreon, subscribe to our patron throw us a dollar a month and then leave us interactions on each show when i post them otherwise go to youtube like how we get most of our comments um leave us some feedback there we'll address it or uh send us an email ps is awesome at gmail.com um recently big box writes and he says hey guys uh house playstation is in disarray we got people jumping from burning windows. I'm sure you guys will talk about the PlayStation Showcase, but I did want to ask you, how much disappointment comes from the fact that new games now take six-plus years to develop and the public doesn't quite understand that? The internet seemed to want updates from Bluepoint, Housemark, the new Naughty Dog game, Corey Barlog's new IP. Is it just me, or is everyone still stuck on AAA takes on AAA takes three years to make question mark stay strong in these tough times gentlemen at least we got those cgi trailers to a few games as a service games and uh so this is a little bit uh premature for our conversation in today's podcast but i wanted to we won't talk about necessarily the playstation showcase portion of his question but we should maybe address expectations and the weird thing is is i wrote big box back and i said hey um we're recording the episode tonight i'll definitely go over this with jake on the show thanks for writing and he says have fun with jake time is fleeting enjoy that sounds fucking like scary what does that mean is is he gonna fucking kill me i don't know one of us maybe he knows something we don't know time is fleeting that is true um you know it is uh it isn't you know, we all fall under time. You know, it's it's the uh, um, the champion. Big box. I'm gonna have to ask you to be a little bit less ominous with your comments, please. <laughs> time is the champion of all of us, <laughs> for sure. Uh, it's the Mike Tyson of of the world. Um, but yeah, so Jake, this is a good question. Um, you know, back in the day, it didn't necessarily take so long to make a AAA game. Nowadays, it seems like the bar continuously gets raised by all these fabulous AAA games. And, uh, you know, do we think we expected too much? First off, from a PlayStation Showcase, we're not going to go in, in deep on this yet because we got some regular news before we talk about it. But And number two, 
Do all first of all, do all AAA games take six plus years to make? Is my question. To Big Box's point, no. they take a long time, but they don't all take six years to develop. Um, and uh, I guess I don't believe that we should have expected uh, huge updates from all of these first party studios, but. I think that we should have expected to get a little more than what we got at this point, um, is my personal opinion. But what about the six years, the development cycle for games these days versus, versus you know, maybe in the PS4 era, PS3 era? Um, I don't – I just think – I don't think that it's – for me, I don't think that it's people not – people misidentifying the amount of time it takes to make games – now versus then, I just think it's a general lack of understanding of what it takes to make a game. Um, period. Like, I don't think it has to do with six versus three years versus two years versus four years. I just think that people just don't fucking care or know. And they just kind of, we live in this immediate, give it to me now world that isn't like really reality. It's like all internet reality, right? So I, I just think that like, Expectations do get set a little high because people just want immediacy. And, uh, you know, I talk about this all the time. It's like our fast food, boom, shopping. Don't go to the other shopping. I mean, you could order everything on your phone and boom, show up, it's there, boom, get it in your car, boom. Or just have it fucking delivered to your house, boom. You can, uh, you know, download games instantaneously on day one at midnight. Have them already ready to go before it's even midnight. Boom, ready to play. Like, we live in this society where it's like, oh, dial-up isn't fast enough here. Here's fucking super speed internet. Boom. You know, you got it. You want it now? Boom, we got it. You know, that's that's kind of like the society we live in. And I don't think that this attitude permeates just in a video game uh this small corner of the internet. I think it's with everything in the world right now. I, ju- I just think that people's patience, patience is being lost among a lot of people. And I just feel like, you know, we, instead of learning to slow things down, we always try to pick things up and, and move faster and expect things immediately. And uh, I don't know that it's people's lack of understanding with how long it takes to make a great game. Um, but yeah, I think it, it it's, it's just people's lack of understanding of how long it fucking takes to make a game. Period. Like, good game, bad game. Like, it, they don't just come out of nowhere. Jake, do you have an opinion on this? I think there might be an aspect of that, but I will say two things. <laughs> Given that it's been, let's see, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, four days since the event. Um,. The first thing I'll say is that people need to chill the fuck out about this showcase. It was not that bad. It was – I think that it was actually a good showcase. The problem is that Sony has been silent for so long that people were expecting this rip-roar and banger of a showcase where it's like – 10 first party triple a games and i just the thing is is that i get that but sony has kind of adopted this new strategy in recent years where they're not saying anything until they absolutely have to think about god of war ragnarok we didn't know when that game was coming out until like 
two months before the game came out. Mm. They didn't say anything about it mm. until like literally two or three months before the game came out. So like a lot of people are like, I can't believe they didn't have a release date for Spider-Man if they're going to release it this year. And it's like, okay, I get that. But we literally just went through this same exact thing with God of War Ragnarok. And I think what it boils down to is that Sony is – they want to avoid having any kind of experience where they release a game that's not ready, talk about a game that's not ready, have to delay it, and then people get upset because of that. So they're just like, hey, it's coming this year. Hey, it's coming this year. And then when they're certain, when it's basically gold, they're going to be like – Hey, it comes out in September or whatever. And so I think that there's a strategy shift that is for better or worse. I don't think that there's anything wrong with it other than we just don't know. Like people just want to know what's going on with regard to like the game length. The average game length development for AAA games is like four to five years right now. It's not six. Six is a long game development length. Six to seven years is a long time. Um, four to five is like what is considered the norm now. And that is significantly longer than it was even a generation or two ago. Um, so I get that people are – that that might be part of it too. But I think it seriously just boils down to – them being gun shy about saying something to like they're literally looking across the aisle at how much Microsoft is getting lambasted by the internet for everything that they're doing right now. Mm. They've announced stuff so early and they're being shit on constantly because there's delay after delay after delay after game that comes out that <clears throat> sucks after delay, whatever. And Sony has seemingly found that now it might have backfired with this showcase. <laughs> oh, for sure it did. Ha- has seemingly found that it's better to say nothing than to say something too early. And I don't know. I I don't think that I, – I, I think that you know the, all the hubbub, they're – people are, are right and they're wrong. Like I think that they're right and that Sony dropped the ball because – they could have let up off of their – like let's say their strategy is to not say anything until they're absolutely ready. They could have eased up off of that strategy just for this showcase so that they could put the fucking hammer down when Microsoft is at its weakest. But instead, they were just like, here's fucking Cat Quest, Pirates of the Caribbean," And it's like, okay, well – Maybe I would have rather have heard about Ghost of Tsushima, Tsushima 2 or whatever the fuck Bend is doing. Um, or like you said, whatever Corey Barlog's new game is. But the thing about, you know, I I would have expected something like Ghost of Tsushima or maybe uh, I was expecting there to maybe be like a, maybe an Uncharted presence here or something. Um but of course, like new IP, who knows? I mean, yeah. who knows when Corey Barlog even started that? If he started it like two years ago, they're probably not ready to show it yet. Right? But there's there's so much stuff that that goes into this, 
And I'm not sitting here defending Sony. I think they did drop the ball in terms of their ability to just lay the smack down. You know, the whole, you know, there's been this like internet buzz about like mind share and shit like that. And it's like, okay, well, uh, yeah, they did miss the boat on being able to really grab, grab the industry by the balls. But that doesn't mean it was a bad showcase. Yeah. It was just maybe a missed opportunity. Well, we'll get to more showcase stuff here in the future. But hopefully that answers your question to the most part, big box, or how we feel about that. Um, but we're going to get more to showcase stuff here in a few. We have some news points. Every episode we talk about news. And uh, we have some news on top of showcase discussion. We're going to go through the games and whatnot that were announced at the, at the at the showcase. Jake already kind of gave his opinion on it. And uh, we're going to go over our predictions that we had for the showcase and see who won out there. Um, but uh, the first news point that I have on here... Um, is essentially, let me put here, sorry, i got to write my notes. It makes more sense to do these as we do talk about it live, so I don't have to comb back through everything. That's why I stutter like this sometimes. Um, first off, Gollum, that game by Didelic Studios has gotten terrible critical reviews. I was actually kind of excited about this game, um, but uh, let's just get that out of the way like i haven't played this game and jake i don't think you have any interest in playing it but the critical reviews are just god awful and so bad so bad that the company addressed it with 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 the the gamers and here's what they put up they say dear players we would like to sincerely apologize for the underwhelming experience many of you've had with the lord of the ring gullum Upon its release, we acknowledge and deeply regret that this game did not meet the expectations we set for ourselves or for our dedicated community. Please accept our sincere apologies for any disappointment this may have caused. Our goal as a studio and as passionate the Lord of the Rings fans has always been to tell a compelling and immersive story-driven adventure. Crafting a story with Middle-earth as our playground has been the greatest honor and the biggest challenge we have faced so far. At Didelic, we understand that a game's success relies on the enjoyment and satisfaction of its players. We genuinely value your feedback and have been actively listening to your voices regarding your comments and analyzing the constructive criticism and suggestions you have provided. Our development team has been working diligently to address the bugs and technical issues many of you experience. I haven't heard anything about fucking bugs in this game, just so you know. But they're putting that in there. And it says, we are committed to providing you with patches that will allow you to enjoy the game to its fullest potential. Once again, we deeply apologize for any inconvenience caused, and we appreciate your understanding during this time. We will continue to keep you updated on the progress and provide transparent communication regarding the upcoming patches and improvements. Your passion and dedication as players have been driving force behind the determination to make things right. Thank you for your support. Sincerely, Didelic Entertainment. So everything that I've seen about this game is that it sucks. That's just it. Like, not that, oh, this thing's so fucking buggy, it barely runs, you can't save it, it's glitching, it's dropping frames. None of that. It's just like, this game fucking blows. Like, there's not a fucking game here. Like, you're just in a prison. You're Gullum in a prison. You're running fetch errands for other people. And that's all the fucking game is, according to all the reviews. And they're like, what is this? And they're like, this. Uh, they say it's terrible. 
On OpenCritic, it has an average of 4 out of 10, and only 4% of critics recommend it out of 53 critic reviews. This is critic reviews, not user reviews, which means these are like actual critics. Yeah. Dude, this game fucking tanked. And then they release an apology saying, sorry, this game was really hard for us to make. Sorry it didn't live up to, to our expectations or yours. Uh, we'll patch any bugs. But thanks for being cool. And it's like, dude, you. this is the problem. They should have just canceled this. That's what I'm saying. It should have just got canceled, man. Like, you shouldn't release shitty games. And this seems like it's not even... Uh, up to opinion at this point. It, it's like a matter of fact that this game sucks. Um, it's entirely possible that like this could destroy this studio. Yeah, sure. But, like yeah. if it had been canceled, you know, that could have also destroyed the studio. But at the very least, you know, they wouldn't have the, the public sort of uh, awareness that they do now, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I just thought it was crazy, and I'll tell you this: I'm, I'm up to here, man, with public apologies from game studios. Like, number one, just fucking get it right to begin with. Don't release. You don't have to get it right. Just know when not to release your. Fucking That's part of That's getting all. shit right, right? Like, is is I knowing guess, when not to do things, like, or knowing when for this is not to release a game at all, or it needed more work, right? Or to release buggy games, to release failed games, like the cyberpunk shit that happened. There's so many issues of games being released either broken. Mostly broken and fucked. And then a lot of issues of... Uh, not not as many examples, though, but like this. We're like... And this doesn't seem to be an overreaction by the gamers here on this. Because this is critically failing. And it's and it's just like... I'm just tired of the apologies for from video game developers. Um, I don't know. It's frustrating, you know? I, I get that you... I get that you feel bad, you know, but just don't release the game or wait a little bit longer. Dude, it's so important to have some sort of gatekeeping with this shit with these with these studios. I somebody needs to like tell them this isn't you can't do this right now. It's going to fail. I don't know. That's my opinion on that. I just I'm kind of tired of it though. Very, very tired of the, you know, public kind of. It's just PR is what it is. It's public relations. It's, it's just, uh, you know, I'm a communications major. I mean, it's what it is. Is you're just trying to curb the story a little, get ahead of the story. You're trying to, you know, keep the the good graces of your customers. I don't know, dude. I don't know. Yeah, I think that they're just trying to, I don't know, there's like a sunk cost fallacy kind of thing going on. Maybe they're just like, fuck it, we just got to get it out. Who cares? Um, You know, make whatever they can off of the people that don't know any better and then 
move on. Yeah. All right. Next news point. Yeah. Uh, hey, we're going to get more to Spider-Man 2. We talked about the PlayStation Showcase, but Insomniac Games finally did address the growing anticipation that perhaps Spider-Man 2 would be a multiplayer game or at the very least have a multiplayer component to it. Um, Insomniac came right out in a tweet and they were just like, nope, it's an epic single player game. So there's that for everybody. Um, it looks like Spider-Man 2 is going to be strictly single player. Um, there were some speculations that some people were going to be able to control Venom, others going to be able to play Miles Morales, yada, 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 online shit, and they're saying, no, it's single player, which is which is music to my ears. This is what I want, right? Jake, do you right. have a comment on that? Nope, I agree. Right. I think we find out in the showcase how they're going to do that. Okay. So the next news point, Mortal Kombat 1. This, is, this was interesting. Um, it apparently is at the top of the pre-order list for in the US and UK for PS5 pre-orders. Um, this was after the cinematic trailer that was released. We talked about it last episode, episode 277. Um, we're going to get our first glimpse of actual gameplay of this game during the Summer Games Fest in June 8th. Um, in addition to news, the game is... Uh, there's... No, wait. That's not this game. That's a different game. Sorry. It's not Mortal Kombat 1. I'm going to cut that out. Disregard that last little blurb I said. Um, That was supposed to go right there in the notes. So anyways, yeah, Mortal Kombat 1. A lot of interest after that cinematic trailer. Uh, No gameplay yet has shown, and it's topping the pre-sale charts. Why are you pre-ordering fucking games like this? It's weird. Yeah, I think it's kind of stupid, but I guess good for them. I'm sure it's going to be great. It's fucking NetherRealm or whatever, so... It's just so much hype, dude, in video games. All right, next news point, Final Fantasy 16. Um, it's launching June 22nd. If you guys are excited, they have come out and announced there's not going to be any post-game content for Final Fantasy 16. In addition, it is going to be a standalone game, so that means no DLC, and there's actually not going to be a day one patch because the game is just freaking pretty and ready to go. So... Um, Perfect. No bugs, no nothing. It's been forever since anyone has been like, oh, yeah, it's ready. I think they did say that they were going to put like they 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 literally said last summer that they were going to they were waiting a year to release it specifically to do nothing but do bug squashing and polishing, which is pretty awesome if you think about it. Hopefully that means we get a game. Now that's just going to be perfect at launch. We haven't had that in a long time. Yeah, no patches. You don't have to wait three months to get the best version of it. Like it's just there. This is it. Nothing's coming afterwards. Pop it in. You don't need the internet. Just fucking play. I don't know. You might need the internet. But anyway, so that's good news. Um, another news story, and we're almost through this this week's news because we've got a big show topic. Is uh. Dude, I completely forgot about this, but Massive Games, developer behind the, the Division 1 and the Division 2, are and have been working on an open-world Star Wars game, and it's still slated for an early 2024 release. Um, this is per Push Square per Kotaku. Inside sources have been in contact with Kotaku, and it was indicated that while the project isn't moving along as fast as they had hoped, there's some hype among the developers that this could actually be the next big hit for Ubisoft. So I'm curious to see what the fuck they're doing. Massive did a great job with Division, and one thing about the Division that I loved was like their environment building. So 
a Star Wars open world fucking whatever they're doing might be really, really dope. So I thought they were also working on an Avatar game. I'm not sure. Hmm. I'm not sure. Hopefully it's good. Yeah, dude. Star Wars. I'm writing my notes. Massive. All right. Next news point is... This is interesting. Um, so Sony had a, a conference. Not a conference per se, but it was some sort of business segment meeting. And uh, they're kind of un- unraveling their game plan, right? Their game plan for rolling out their first party PlayStation Studios games. And this is on Push Square, and I'm just going to read right off their website. We don't break news, but I'm going to read this, and we're going to comment on this real quick, Jake. It says, Sony has confirmed in a business segment meeting that PlayStation Studios is now planning on releasing, quote, two or more major, end quote, PS5 titles every year from now on. These games will come from a mixture of established franchises and new IP, and they'll be a mixture of single-player experiences as well as live service efforts. Sony wants to cover, quote, every major genre, end quote. But it highlights shooters, racing games, RPGs, platformers, action titles, and sports in particular. And then it said, in addition, the company plans to further expand onto other platforms to, quote, grow audiences, end quote, with recent examples being its initiatives on PC and smartphones. In the presentation, Sony highlights the two platforms alongside music, books, its PlayStation Productions pipeline, and even theme parks. Most recently, Nintendo is seeing success with Super Nintendo World Park areas in Japan and USA. And now an Uncharted roller coaster is opening. We talked about that last episode. And uh, for Sony, this is all about, quote, driving audience growth and diversity, end quote. And, quote, leveraging Sony's synergy to unlock new audience growth, end quote. I thought this little graphic that they came up with that they showed was was really interesting. Um where they talk about the different genres of games. It says PlayStation Studios. It says two or more major releases per year covering every major genre. Platformer, RPG, racing, shooter, sports, and action. That's Sony's opinion of the major genres for gaming right now. Um, And it's super interesting just to kind of see. And it says a mix of single player and live services and balance of big franchises and new IP. So it's just I don't even know. Racing, Gran Turismo, Twisted Metal maybe, RPG. I don't even know first-party RPGs. Couldn't tell you what those would be. Um, this is kind of like a mess, like mush statement though. Because like first of all, all they have to do to fulfill this two or more quota yeah. is release one major game every year because they always have the show. And that that qualifies as a major release every For sports. Year. For sports, right? And so, and when you're talking about RPG, what are they fucking talking about? God of War? I don't know. I'm asking. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't you know, know what, what I mean? that is. So, so like, so like, this is just one of those. This is just business speak, and I get it. Like, it's exciting. I hope that when they say two or more, that means that we're going to be getting more than two every single year because they've al- they already hit that cadence of you know two big releases a year. Sometimes we get three. Like last year, we got three. Actually, we got four last year. What did we, we get got, last year? Well, we got Horizon, we got The Show, we got Gran Turismo, and we got God of War. Yeah, yeah. So, and those are, you know, big fucking titles. So we got so, two action games, right? 
And to assuming that's how they a racing it, game and a sport game. Mm-hmm. Unless one of them's an RPG, like you said, maybe maybe they're the ones pushing God of War with all these fucking different. Or maybe they think Horizon is an RPG or something. You know, I I don't know. Like I haven't seen any announced games from them that fill the traditional RPG sort of mold. So right, everything now has RPG mechanics. Is MLB the show a fucking RPG? Because you have like a the road to the show thing. Yeah, maybe. You know what I mean? So, like, I like I don't know. I think that's always I mean, sports, not, in their opinion, because they, they got to feel I understand. That. I understand. But you get where I'm driving. Yeah, right. At. You know, so, so like, I don't know. This is something that I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about, but until we get a more concrete definition of what any of this – like, it's like any of these business meetings where they're talking about projections and all this shit, it's just, it's just all, like – I, I don't know, man. Like I've I've sat in some of these meetings where it's just like people fucking saying buzzwords, and mm. I'm like, okay, you literally just spent sixty minutes saying fucking nothing, right? But not you know, video game meetings, just, just business meetings. I understand. Correct. Correct. Not <laughs> Jake's like I've sat in some of these meetings with Sony. They just say this shit just, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but they just like, but it's like business meetings. That they're the same whether it's video games or right. industry or whatever. So it's uh, I don't know. I I, I don't want to read into this too much until we actually start seeing the seeing mm. the fruits of of what we think it might be. Fair enough, man. But I will also say, in addition to this, it during this meeting, uh, a nice little tidbit came out, and and they indicated. That Sony PlayStation has sold over half a million VR2 units. It's 600,000 units. Um, we haven't had VR2 unit sales numbers yet. Uh, so 600,000 units is quite a lot. And they're saying that it's selling at a faster trajectory than what the PSVR was selling. Now, maybe not as many as they wished it would have sold. You know, but it's still doing better than last gen VR. So that's good for the owners of the VR headset, I think. Yeah, I think that the the numbers are pretty decent. I'm sure they would have liked it to have done better, but they did, I think, say that it is doing better than the original PSVR did in the same time frame. So that's good for them. I just hope that we can get some more <laughs> banger games yeah. for it. That's all. Yeah. And then the last news point before we get on with the PlayStation Showcase discussion. This is huge. And this is kind of recent breaking. And it's it's really crazy. So I'm just going to title this Factions Friction. So I don't really know what it's, – it's also cryptic still, but it is – pretty much confirmed. Um, There's some serious, serious stuff going on regarding Naughty Dog's long-in-production upcoming title or The Last of Us Factions is what everybody's been calling it. Per reporting from Jason Schreier at Bloomberg, it appears that Jason had contact with four sources very close to the game who indicated to him that Sony has slowed down development for factions as the quote creators reassess its quality and long-term viability end quote. Uh, 
This scaling back apparently was ordered at a recent evaluation of the studio's game. These evaluations happened with first-party studios, and as a result, recently Pixel Opus was actually recently closed. And we discussed this about two episodes ago, and per Schreier... Quote, a small group remains on the project while the company reevaluates the direction, end quote. And then he also says, um, quote, while the game hasn't been canceled, many of its developers have been moved to other projects, end quote, per Push Square. So Jeff Grubb over at Giant Bomb also indicated, quote, all I've heard about this game is that it looks a lot like a studio's first live service game and that Naughty Dog wanted to do things its way, which maybe didn't bode well for factions, end quote. Now, it's presumed that Bungie is gatekeeping all of the live service titles that Sony is working on, and it's up to Bungie either to give the green light or not give the green light, um, or they're at least involved in the discussion. And it would seem from afar that the direction Naughty Dog were taking factions didn't show enough promise for the long term. So it looks like in response to this, we're actually prior to the Bloomberg article, article getting posted, you know, from what I understand, Jason Schreier or whomever probably reached out to Naughty Dog and said, hey, here's the deal. I've got an article about the shit going on at your studio. If you want to get ahead of it, now's the time. So prior to this getting posted, Naughty Dog posted this out of the blue and no one knew what the fuck it meant. It just said, The Last of Us fans, we know many of you have been looking forward to, to hearing more about our The Last of Us multiplayer game. We're incredibly proud of the job our studio has done thus far, but as development has continued, we've realized what is best for the game is to give it more time. Our team will continue to work on the project as well as our other games in development, including a brand new single player experience. We look forward to sharing more soon. We're grateful to our fantastic community for your support. Thank you for your passion for our games. It continues to drive us, Naughty Dog. So this looks like Naughty Dog. It looks like it's like a it's it's a series of fucking pressure to me. This looks like pressure. Sony wanted Naughty Dog to do something probably live service. And they're like, all right, well, we're going to fucking do this fucking epic Last of Us shit. Uh, you know, it's what we know. We're going to go and do this thing. And they started working on this fucking – this is my speculation, of course. And then so they get fucking – the – I guess arguably, my opinion, the best game studio for single-player story-driven games now takes on a multiplayer game. And they, 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 there's out of their depth here and they fucking come up with this thing. And now granted, even the multiplayer in The Last of Us was really fucking creative and outside the box and really that's what made it special. So, and I remember there being tweets and stuff about, not tweets, maybe comments, brief comments from uh, Druckmann just saying how excited he was to show us the next project, but he's not really able to yet. So, like, they probably had, my my speculation, they probably had some fucking crazy outside-the-box fucking idea for factions, and they were, and it was, like, fucking awesome. And Bungie or Sony are just like, okay, this is really fucking cool, but... How is this going to last five years, like online? Like you're making a games as a service. You need to 
come up with a way or a system to keep people's interest for five, six fucking years longer. You're going to be throwing money at this game over the years. So I bet what they came up with was fucking awesome. But it's not in the scope or the viability or the range that maybe Sony wants. So now they're just like, you got to fucking figure this out. So they're keeping some developers on it and trying to rehash what the fuck they're going to do. And in the meantime, go back to what they're fucking good at and work on a single player game. So this means two things that really suck. We're not going to get a fucking Naughty Dog game for a long time now, for sure. Not going to fucking happen unless this is like some sort of like they wouldn't do this if it weren't real. They wouldn't post this fucking post if it weren't real. Now, maybe Jason Trier and the people who've been involved are blowing this way out of proportion. Maybe it's not that bad. But Naughty Dog didn't say they've only assigned a few people to the game and then the rest are getting thrown on other projects. This came through the rumor mill through interviews that Jason had with other people. We don't know. But where there's smoke, there's usually fire. So I don't fucking know what's going on. But I'm so, so rightly pissed off that, like, my favorite studio doesn't seem to be releasing a fucking game probably for another fucking three or four years, probably, at least. At the very least, probably. Unless Factions is going to happen. If Factions doesn't fucking happen, dude, I don't know what this means. Yeah, I... I mean, I didn't hear about this until just before we started the podcast, but I wonder if – see, part of me wonders if, you know, they – like you said, they had this awesome idea for factions. So they wanted to they wanted to do it, and then Sony was like, okay, you've got this idea for factions. It's awesome. See if there's a way you can make it live service. It was probably already going to be a multiplayer game. It was already going to be this big, open, new experience thing. Excuse me. But Sony probably came in, like you said, and was like, we got to monetize this. And then it's been going. It's been going. A couple years go by. A few years go by. Then they do this evaluation. Bungie comes in. (laughs) Sounds like they have the – yeah, they have carte blanche to basically – yay or nay, almost any live service game. Now, to be fair, all of this I truly believe is motivated by Sony's desire to only release the highest quality games. Yeah, They would rather cancel a fucking game four years into development than release a dud, especially from Naughty Dog. So it's a good thing so, and a bad thing, right? But I also wonder if part of it is is that they were like, okay, we're not too hot on what you have so far. Keep a team working on it, but you've got to make another game. <laughs> and so they're like, we, we got to have something out of you. So move your resources over to The Last of Us 3 or whatever the fuck it is you're working on. And let your, I don't want to say your B team, but your, like, your side team kind of fix the uh you know do the homework that Bungie gave you and then whenever it's getting to a point where it can be sort of polished up for mass consumption then we'll allow more resources to go back to it but it hasn't been out and out canceled yet so but it does kind of sound like 
this was just a project maybe gone awry that Naughty Dog seems like one of those teams where it's like they probably had this awesome idea and who knows, maybe there's a little bit of uh, a little bit of mismanagement going on. I mean, Neil Druckmann's probably was was intimately involved involved at the beginning, but now he's like off being a TV director and all this shit. And so like he's not really there anymore. I mean, I'm sure he's still there, but like right. you know what I mean? He's 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 got other stuff going on. Um I don't know. So it's surprising. I would say this. At the very least, it's surprising. And this definitely explains why it was not at the showcase. Because everyone expected this to be there. Other than Spider-Man, everyone was like, we're going to see Naughty Dog's game. Yeah. And it was not there. And I think, honestly, to kind of circle back a little bit to Big Box's comment, I think that's what caused a lot of outpouring and outcry. It's not that we didn't see fucking Ghost of Tsushima 2. It's not that we didn't see <laughs> Ben's game. It's not that we didn't see fucking Cory Barlog's game. It's because we didn't see The Last of Us game. Because everybody – because a year ago, Neil Druckmann was like, we've got more to say in 2023. Well, they posted a fucking and, picture and some artwork for it like earlier this year, the end of last year. And they're like, you're going to hear more about it next year. And then the PlayStation yeah. Showcase comes up and you're like, OK. If Neil Druckmann thinks that we're going to see more of this fucking game this year, it can't be that off, right? It can't be that far out. But like, I'm guessing that plan has changed. I'm guessing that plan has changed. We're not going to see this game this year. I don't think we're going to see it. I, I, what if we I'd never see it? I'd be more surprised. I'd be more surprised if we saw a trailer for their next game before we saw what's going on with Factions. Dude, I'll say this. There has been no speculation on what they're working on outside of Factions. No I one mean, is – Last of Us Part 3, right? I mean that's basically it. People are talking about either that or a new IP. Nobody thinks they're working on Uncharted. I mean, they came out and said they're not working on Uncharted. So I don't like it, dude. I I really don't like it. And and it sucks because nothing gets me more excited about playing video games than the idea of a new Naughty Dog game. Like, it just totally is what I want to fucking do, right? I want to play a new Naughty Dog game, dude. They're so good. I, and I was so excited to jump on this, uh, jump on this little voyage with them, going multiplayer live service. Like I was like, this shit's gonna be fucking badass. But they've got, I, I mean, know, yeah, they've, they've they've got to protect, they've got to protect their best asset, their biggest, which I would honestly almost argue that Naughty Dog is not their their best studio anymore. But I would say that they still are. But in terms of like their most important, I would say they're not probably their most important studio anymore. But there's also the the idea that like no king rules forever, and that the the even though The Last of Us Part Two is arguably the best game ever made, I, and I <laughs> say what you will about say what you will about like the story, how long it is, uh. people bitching about like how they they how they did Joel dirty and all this stuff. Like say what you will about your opinion on the story content of the game, but the, the game itself as a technical feat is probably, if not the best game of all time, it's in the top five. So that's the last game they did. So this is me saying that even though it's, it's unlikely that factions is bad 
Sony's probably like, you can't release anything that's less than spectacular. It's got to be a fucking 10 if it's coming from Naughty Even Dog. Even if it takes you 10 be. fucking years, this game has to be amazing. You can't – it's like you're – Otherwise – Dude. Because that's what – like people buy PlayStations for Naughty Dog games. So there, there I think is they are not- still the most important first party studio that Sony has, and I think they recognize it. And I think here's the here's the reason is like, dude, it, it, it's like they have somehow like we did get a Naughty Dog game recently, and that was the Last of Last of Us One remake because they did that from the ground up. I still haven't played it, but I don't believe it. I mean, I, well, I mean, I believe it. Obviously, believe I'm sure it, they like, look at it as like, well, we put this thing out, right? This was, and then, but like, if you really think about it, dude, starting with Uncharted, dude, Uncharted One comes out pretty good. Uncharted Two comes out, blows out of the water. Uncharted Three comes out, arguably better than Uncharted Two. Uncharted Four comes out. Better than Uncharted Three, probably debatable. Nah, I don't think so. I would Some say, people. I would say that technically, probably more impressive, but from a content perspective, right. I would say it's a, a slight step back. Right. Well, Last of Us came out after Uncharted Three, but then Last of Us comes out better than Uncharted Three, hands down. You know, different things, but better. Uncharted Four comes out, plays off of what Last of Us One did, and just like you're like, oh fuck, like they're taking this even fucking further and then last of us fucking two comes out every fucking iteration this studio has fucking had has been better than the last and that's fucking naughty dog so it's just like how can expectations not be here for sony right so is sony being a little hard on naughty dog I don't think so. They don't do live service, man. But if they ask them to do a live service thing, then that's just as much on Sony as it is on Naughty Dog for Sony not knowing the fucking studio they have. And that might be why they're like, hey, look, let's put this to the side. Go back to doing single player games. But then how long now? How long is the world waiting now? And how long are they missing out on making revenue from Naughty Dog? This studio that they dumped so much money into, they get so much out of. But I'm just saying, like, was this an oversight? Here's my question. The the crux and the issue, and then we'll get to the PlayStation Showcase, is – was Naughty Dog making factions because Naughty Dog said, hey, we want to do a live service game? Or was Naughty Dog making factions because Sony said, we need you guys to make a live service game? And if the answer is that Sony fucking told them what to do, this is Sony's fault. Hands down. And if Naughty Dog raised their hand and said, we'll do it. That's on both of them because Sony should have been monitoring them to- closer to make sure they were getting what they wanted. And Naughty Dog maybe shouldn't have fucking volunteered for something they were out of their depth in doing. Well, Personal I mean, opinion. But I, th- I think growth is important and learning new shit is important, right? But like, dude, we know what Naughty Dog does and what they do best. And it's like, let these other fucking studios do live service shit. Naughty Dog is very good at the one thing they do. That's my yeah, opinion. but you can understand you can understand <laughs> why, like, a studio might want to try something new. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, you know, I don't begrudge them like, for it. You know, so so, and I get, but they're owned by Sony, so Sony has the right to tell them what to do, which I totally understand. I would just like to know, but I don't know. I, I'd be more, I'd be curious, like you said, to know what 
actually happened, who made what decisions. But ultimately, ultimately, this is just a surprise. And I think it's going to be a little bit of it's going to be a little bit stinky until their next game comes out. We're going to you know hear I mean? more like, about it. Yeah, there's going to be so much more reporting on this now. That this has hit the airwaves. Like, because everyone's like, well, Naughty Dog had a game canceled. Like, are they fucking losing their step or whatever? And everyone's quick to jump on them because they're the king. And so if their game doesn't come out and it's not the fucking singularity or some shit, then, like, they're <laughs> – they're gonna, you know, people are gonna be like, oh, they lost it, they lost their step, blah 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 blah, and it, whatever. I mean, I, I know I, I'm not trying to be as like an apologist about any of this stuff. I just I think that ultimately, the fucking for even the, horizon, for the, yeah, for the best for the for the betterment of everyone. If this game was not absolutely amazing, it's better that Sony pulls the plug or puts it on the back burner than for them to just let them shit out a dud. They just need to reevaluate it, right? That's it. Let's go back to the drawing board. You have all the probably you have a lot of uh, fucking legwork done on this game. It's just go back and give Sony what they My want. My only honestly the only thing about this the, other than the surprising nature of of what happened, but the only thing about this that is even a little bit concerning to me is is it going to cause problems within the Sony ecosystem? That a company not of PlayStation Studios in Bungie has autonomy over their ability to make their creations. Well, here's the thing. That's my kind of speculation and what I've heard. Like, I don't know how much of that is true, but there's a reason why Sony owns Bungie now, right? Like, they know Bungie figured this shit out with Destiny. and But think about it. Think about it if it's like, you know... If you if you made something and it's I don't know I I just have to imagine that it would be hard to stomach to have like your stepbrother come in and be like oh that's not good enough dude it'd be like and it'd be like, like let's put it in terms of music right say we're a band we we fucking put out a record we think it's good we're signed by a label but the label hires another fucking band. To listen to our record and tell us whether or not it's good enough. <laughs> yeah. And then they're like, no, whatever these guys say, because they put out a hit record. Like, yeah. is, are these songs good enough? It's like, Sony, you should fucking know, man. Like, you should you should fucking know. But they don't, because they're right. not into the live service stuff. Right. And I get, I get it. it. I get what they're doing. I just, I get what they're doing, and I understand it. I just wonder if it's going to cause strife within the studios. That's all. I hope it doesn't. Yeah. If anything, maybe there's some dudes from Bungie hanging out at Naughty Dog now and they're just fucking, like you said, giving them homework assignments and like saying, hey, look, like here's what, here's how you do it. You got to have, you got to have like a a 10 year fucking plan and you got to execute here, 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 here. You got to have a revolving story. You got to have this, that and the other and all these things. You got to update the thing like this and like, you know, who knows, man. It's probably more than just putting like fucking purchasable shit in your game. You know what I mean? Like it's probably like who knows? Maybe there was just some miscommunication along the way. But dude, let's talk about the PlayStation Showcase now. Uh, this is a big. This was a big deal um, for PlayStation fans and just for gaming in general. Um, 
you know, we're recording this Sunday. The showcase aired last Wednesday, so we've had some time to ruminate on the show uh, and uh, the showcase that is and, and let our feelings kind of settle for a bit and think about things. Um, the big thing is, is like, as Jake said earlier in the show, Sony hasn't had an official PlayStation showcase for like two years. And they've been releasing these state of plays, these little bite-sized releases that are really sterile, um, you know, like hospitals. Like, it's just like, it's just like, okay, there's like this voice and it's like, up next we have blah, 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 blah. And then like, you see like some gameplay and it's like, okay, after that, what a fun game that looked like. There's this. It's like, so now Sony's like, oh, we got to play this showcase out of nowhere. And everyone's like, oh, shit. This is this is where we're going to finally fucking hear, right? Why wouldn't we think that, really? Honestly. I think we were fair in thinking that way. But before we get into the actual content of the showcase, Jake, let's get uh, – We kind of, you've already talked a bit, but I kind of wanted to get a top-down, broad-level overall impression from it. You said that you thought generally it was actually pretty okay. Um, I thought it was good. I just don't think that it lived up to the – I don't think they capitalized on their opportunity to really lay the smack down on the industry like they could have. Um, but that's that's really it. I mean, there was a lot of stuff here. The thing is, is that the reason why they showed like 34 games or something like that. Yeah. And I think that there were probably 10 announcements that were like fucking bangers and then there was a few games in here that were like why is this even in here 35 games. Every, well 34 games and then a uh the the, the cross and then the, the, the hardware thing. thing yeah yeah so i mean overall i would say that it was a good showcase but it wasn't like we're not talking like E3 2013, 2014 kind of fucking mic drop shit. Or Gamescom shit. Yeah, big, big showings. Yeah, so, so like, I, um, I don't know. I, I would say that it's it's mainly a disappointment because of, like I said, because of inflated expectations, because there was no Naughty Dog, and because they haven't done one of these in a year and a half, and everyone's like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? So... Um, there were some really it. weird I, announcements on this thing. Excuse me for yawning. Yeah, there was some stuff that there was some stuff that made it in here specifically because you knew somebody shelled out money. And like I mentioned earlier, fucking whatever Cat Quest or whatever the fuck it was, which like looked cute, but it was like, why is this in your showcase? Yeah, Oops. this could have been like shoved in an indie state of play or something like that. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, my my general opinion is much like yours. I. Dude, I was so excited to watch this thing. Um, I had a really busy day on Wednesday. I worked overtime on Wednesday. I got home and all kinds of shit to do. And uh, I was going to have a little whiskey, sit down and hit the hit the play button and watch it from the ground up. And I stayed stayed dark on social media. I didn't want to know. And then I got a, I got a text from LJ Ocker. <laughs> and uh, LJ's our, our dude. He's our he's our buddy. And uh, what? here's what he wrote me. Let me look here. He goes, um, it was actually really funny. He goes, hold on. Uh, hold on. I'm going to find it because it's, it's really, it's really worth it. Oh, he goes, he goes, out of nowhere, bing, 
He goes, Metal Gear 1, 2, 3, Helldivers 2. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I'm like, yo, dude, I haven't watched it yet. I said, I haven't seen anything yet. I can't wait to watch it, dude. Uh, I said, I'm painting trim to my house right now. And he goes, my bad for spoiling. I think you're going to be happy. Was his initial right, right to me. He, had, he hadn't watched it yet either at that point. Um, yeah. So so things got spoiled for me a little bit. But LJ, I love you. And uh, it wasn't. It, it, I wasn't offended at all. I, I was kind of excited actually to see what you'd written. It's like one of those things where like you want to look at the present before Christmas, right? You kind of want to peek and try to find it in the house, but then like every time you do, you're kind of disappointed on Christmas morning. So like, <laughs> I don't don't fucking spoil it for me, LJ. Dude, he didn't spoil anything really. Um, but anyhow, Jake, we did some predictions last episode and. We did three categories. For sure, we knew this was going to be showing likely and probable, but maybe not a for sure thing. And then we did and very unlikely. We doubt it's going to happen, but if it does, it'd be fucking badass. Mm. You won. You beat me. Um, Did I? Yeah. My for sure was Death Stranding 2. Didn't fucking see anything of that. My likely impossible did get me a point, though, and I said Resident Evil 4 and VR, which I thought was a nice little side, side, uh, you know, I don't know, side swipe. And then my, my unlikely, I didn't get anything. I said I want to see a first-person shooter, resistance kill zone, something about first. And you said, dude, I would even give you credit if you just came up with like a first, you know, first party, first-person shooter. Um Jake, you said for sure Marvel Spider-Man 2, which I almost don't want to fucking give you credit for because you went before me, but you get credit. Um, and then you said likely impossible is factions. Now we know that that's not happening. Um, and then unlikely, you said Metal Gear Solid 3 remake, which was a fucking – you must have been super stoked because that was – you're like, there's no fucking way they're going to do this. But if they did, it would be fucking cool. So I think I also this wasn't in like my little like three part prediction thing, but I also did say earlier in the episode that I wouldn't be surprised or it might they might have like uh, Haven and Firewalks games might be there, which is the two new teams that they just got. And both of them showed. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. But you definitely beat me. Um, I think I had the most not maybe most obscure one with the Resident Evil VR thing. That was kind of a deep, deep cut there. But I, I kind of predicted that was going to happen. In my head. And uh, I did put a short up of me predicting that. And I think the next short I'm going to put up, Jake, is you predicting um, the Metal Gear Solid 3 remake. And uh, we'll see how many how many views we get on that. I think I had about 500 views on my short. And then we'll see what you get. And then that will be the next contest. Who gets the most views? Um, <laughs> but uh, so, so let's talk about the games in the order they were shown. Um, some of them we're just going to sc- not scroll through, but we'll go through pretty quick. Some of them will probably have some stuff I want to say about it. So, first party developer Haven. Um, now, this was taken from a website. I don't remember what. I'm just, oh, Jesus, I should probably figure this out. Um, it was the. Uh, it was escapistmagazine.com. Um, this is pulled directly from their website. They had a really nice list and a little bit of backstory to what was shown and everything. It was uh, right in order. So, uh, from the escapistmagazine.com. Developer Haven, helmed by Jade Raymond, announced competitive heist game, a fair game for PS5 and PC. Jake, this was a cinematic trailer. It's how the thing started off. 
Um, what was your? First of all, it's fair games. Oh, sorry. Yeah, fair, fair games with an S for a dollar thing. I I didn't understand. Yeah, I didn't even read it as fair games. I read it as fair game, then dollar sign. So it is fair games, yeah. correct? Um, what is your take of this game that you've seen? You haven't, you haven't seen the game, but like the cinematic trailer, what they're going for? I think it looks cool. I mean, this this seems like a perfect sort of swing at the live service kind of thing mm-hmm. it's a heist game pvp uh i don't know if you remember that game um payday on ps3 that was pretty popular it was a similar kind of idea yeah. so um i don't know i thought it looked cool i liked the i liked the style i liked the sort of the um the impression that it left on me but it's a cg thing so who fucking knows you know Mm-hmm. I'll wait till I see the actual game. Yeah, I kind of enjoyed. And I'm going to be uh, saying that a lot. Yeah, I enjoyed the art style of this, but I mean, it's hard to say whether or not they're going to execute on it well in the game itself, but or how the game's even going to look or play. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I it's what is this player versus player? Is that what this is? PvP? It's like a PvP heist game. I think is what they said it's going to be. Okay, so I wonder what you're stealing. They they kind of set it up like you know you're gonna take out like, not take out, but it's it's kind of like uh, rob rob the rich, um, you know the the five percenters, and go take them out. It's it's your thing. Get a little crew together, you know. But I think it's like a, I think it's like a um, oh what do I want to say uh, like those are the themes of the missions. But, like, there's still a PvP. Like, maybe, like, the the theme is, like, oh, we're trying to rob this rich person. But there's, like, multiple groups of heisters that are trying to do the same task. And they're, like, fighting each other along the way. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Which is kind of a cool idea. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. The next one was a fun one. And I've got a lot to say about this. Helldivers 2 was shown... Um, this has been uh, rumored, and there was actually a trailer that leaked about this game a while back. Um, I believe Arrow Point is it Arrowhead? Arrowhead, I believe, is making this game. Um, yeah, Arrowhead. And uh, th- I'm a real big fan of the first Hell Divers game. I loved it. Um, what is really weird about Hell Divers Two? Is I think they're trying to grab a wider audience, but it's no longer top down, and it's more three quarters, like a third person, over the shoulder. Yep. Yeah. So, dude, I think a game like Hell Divers, and we'll have to wait and see, but I think it was successful for model reasons. It's really difficult. There's a lot of accidental deaths, and uh, I feel like having it third person. It's a lot of the game was strategy, and strategy is way easier from a top down than like in a first, like third person view. So I, I just hope that it remains as strategic as the top down version of the game is, the first Hell Divers, because I feel like a lot of what was fun about the game was you mounting your turrets, waiting for the dropship, seeing the enemies coming from a far distance away, and figuring out how to like mitigate that presence. And in third person, I just feel like you're, 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 uh, I don't want to say point of view. What is it? Like your field of view. Your field of view is yeah. going to be way different. 
And uh, the field of view in a top-down, you see so much more of the map, and that's what made the game really, really fun. So I'm curious to see how they implement those those scenarios because in Helldivers, the first game, you had to be able to see 360 degrees because shit could just wipe you out instantly from behind and you would you have to know that they're there so that you know what enemies to attack first, right? So like if it's in third person, you're only going to have like this kind of a field of view. So now are you way more le- like re- relying on your other squad mates to like get your six or but like if you have really hard enemies and you all need to be attacking the same enemy, so like I don't know that it's going to work like the original Helldivers because of the change of perspective and you wouldn't think it would be that big of a deal, but for a game like this, I really don't know that this was the right move. We'll have to wait and see. Jake, anything? I think it looks awesome. I I liked the original Hell Divers, and I can understand your perspective on the matter. But I got the I got the feeling like maybe this is this might be kind of like the game that they envisioned all along. It's just not was not feasible for a small team like that back in the day to mm-hmm. make that type of a game. Kind of like a Risk of Rain kind of scenario where the first one is like a side-scroller, but the second one is like this full 3D kind of uh, first-person experience, which is the, or it might be third-person. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I mean... I'm excited to see what it turns out to be, but I don't think that it's, you know, if they made Helldivers 2, what is it going to be? Just more fucking top-down, like, shit? Like, like maybe they were just trying to find a way to, instead of making this seem just like an expansion to Helldivers, they're like, let's evolve it, make it more modern, make it more widely accessible. Not everybody wants to play an isometric top-down twin-stick there's still going to be it's still going to be hard. It seems like they're embracing some of the, some of the comedy that came out of that game with friendly fire and all that kind of shit based on the trailer is like this starship troopers kind of spoofiness and like dude one that cuz I I thought I remember hearing somewhere that there was a starship troopers game in development. So when that trailer first came like started up, I was like, "Oh, is this a fucking starship troopers yeah. game?" And it, it turns out that it's it's Helldivers too, but I thought that it looked really awesome. Is it going to be for me? I don't know. I'm not. I don't know that I'm really into the whole co-op element of it. But I thought it looked cool, and I am interested to know if there's any way for this to be slotted as any kind of, or or if it will have any kind of live service component because it is a. It is like mainly a multiplayer game. You can play it by yourself with like bots and shit, but mm-hmm. like it's like meant to be a multiplayer game. So are they going to make this live service? I don't know, but I, I don't know. I think it looks cool. Also not a first party game. Right. Um, I think it is second party though, right? I don't know. Sony publishing it? Don't know. I don't know. But moving on uh, – Immortals of Avium, A-V-E-U-M, was shown next. It's a new trailer for the game. This is being developed by Ascendant Studios. And uh, this is part of that whole EA Originals thing. Um, And we get a release date coming up, July 20th. PS5, Xbox, 
uh, Xbox Series and PC. I don't know much about the game. Um, I thought the voice acting was kind of shitty in this. Uh, not trying to be a Debbie Downer, just being critical. I, the one, the one guy that shows up with the mask on, he's like, "Hey!" <laughs> like it's literally what he sounded like. And it's like, oh, I don't want a fucking enemy like that in a game. Like I don't. Know. I don't know if it's the voice acting or the writing, but I thought that it looked pretty cool. I mean, I am interested in what it ends up being i i'll be I'll, i i it's one of those games where like i would definitely be interested in playing it but i think i need to see more i thought like, this I'm was going to be like witchfire for this yeah i i saw some, um i saw yeah, some of the it's not gothic enough yeah i saw some like it's a it's a first person shooter but it's also got like magic and shit and it kind of looked like witchfire not as dark as witchfire but it kind of had that vibe and uh i'm not but this game, I mean, this game, you're just throwing spells around. Which fire you're like firing guns and shit. Yeah, like fucking weird old guns, cool guns. I don't remember. Um, actually, I'm not even sure what Ascendant Studios makes. Uh, but this, this is it's weird because the 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 graphic that they show, the guy looks looks like he could be part of the Assassin's Creed world. But he has like god powers, and uh, it says summon your power to, to stop Ever War, save the realms, <laughs> play as Jack J A K, as he and Lucium's elite battle mages race to uncover Avium's past to save its future. Single player, I don't know. Inter- nice. Interesting. All right, next we saw Ghost Runner two. The first Ghost Runner I played a little bit of, really, really hard game, very frenetic, very fast-paced, easy to die, and uh, this is being developed by 505 Games and one more level, and uh, it's coming in 2023. but yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah, right, but uh, 2023, another game coming out this year, so Ghost Runner 2, Jake, any interest in this? I, I personally, after playing the first one... I loved it. I love the. I didn't love the game. I love the aesthetic. I love the idea. Just not for me. Um, I I've never played it, but the impression that I got from the impression that I got from how, when it was when it came out, I think it might be a little too hardcore for me. Yeah, but it looks awesome. So. People that are big fans of Ghost Runner, and I know that it's a popular game, I'm super stoked for you because it does look really cool. I just don't know that I'm going to play it. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. Um, another game being developed by S Game um, is called Phantom Blade Zero. And the uh, recurring theme that they keep saying in this trailer is you only have 66 days to live. I don't know how that plays into the game. I'm not sure if that's just a recurring story, theory, whatever. I'm not familiar with any of the Phantom Blade games. I think that there are other ones, but this is Phantom Blade Zero. It actually looked kind of cool, um, but uh, again, actually, Phantom Blade Zero might be the game that had the annoying voice acting and i might be getting him confused jake anything on this um i think it looks cool i think we're getting to the point where the uh the what how do i want to say this the 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 like 
traditional Asian like RPG mm. Souls like kind of game. It, it feels a little tired to me, or it's starting to. But I think that it's probably fine. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, it looks cool. Like the combat looks cool and everything. But it's like I'm starting to get mixed up. Like, is this like what is this? Is it Neo? Is it Rise of the Ronin? Is it fucking Sekiro? Is it you know? So like, and all of these games have very similar looks to them, depending on the screenshots or the the little gameplay snippets that you're seeing. So I will say that the combat looks pretty fucking cool in this but i don't know like if it's a souls like game and i think that it's a chinese developed game so i'm not saying that that's a problem one way or the other but it's it's like a new entry and and i don't know if it's supposed to be maybe a kind of like a a take on a sekiro or a neo or something like that or if it's gonna be like its own thing if it if it's more accessible, then I might be interested in playing it than those other games. But I don't know. We'll have to see. I think I think visually it looks awesome, but I'm not. There is another Phantom Blade game. It's like Phantom Blade Infinity, or it's, it's like a mobile game though. Um, so I'm definitely curious about this for sure. Okay, so they're saying like, yeah, this is the one with the terrible voice acting in that part it wasn't the last game it was this game um like the enemy has like this fucking mask on he's like hey and he's holding this fucking sword and it's like god this is so fucking terrible like i could do better than that (laughs) um but phantom phantom blade zero is gonna be multiplayer it's gonna have multiplayer it's gonna be a 40 plus hour story and it's also gonna have a semi-open world apparently so um yeah, there's that. I'm not really interested in this. Doesn't seem like my kind of game. Um, Giant Squid revealed Sword of the Sea, and if uh, man, it, this is I guess the art director from Journey is working on this or something, and like or had worked on this. Uh, it's like you just I don't know. It's weird. It's it's like when to- the Tony Hawk remakes were coming out, and like there was all this talk about Skate coming back. I think like this game probably started. Uh, being developed like oh let's put this fucking dude on like some sort of board dude and like it's just in case that shit blows up again and it's like okay so now you have this really ethereal looking awesome kind of cool game but you're on a fucking i don't know hoverboard the whole time and it's like i don't know if i can get down with that i think if the dude was just running it would be cooler to me um it looks basically like journey too i I don't really know what else to say about it there is this neat little like (laughs) weird palette change that happens where it like turns into this underwater thing like where everything turns blue instead of sandy and brown mm-hmm. but uh i don't know it 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 seems like it's a like it could easily be called a sequel to journey or the pathless or something like that where it's it's got that same vibe to it so that's that doesn't mean it's bad it's going to probably be awesome but i don't know that i'm going to play it uh, yeah, it's going to be releasing on PS5. The PlayStation blog says it combines the speed and flow of skating games with the emotional core and exploration you expect from a giant squid title. Sort of the Sea will be equal parts meditative, exhilarating, and introspective. <clears throat> I mean, I'm not, like, upset about it. I think out of all the games so far, outside of Helldivers 2, this would be maybe on my list. Um I don't know. 
it, it's probably not going to come in at a $70 price point either. You know what I mean? So I'm just speculating. But all right. So <clears throat> the Talos Principle 2 was shown. Um, this is coming in 2023. And uh, this is, of course, kind of some sort of puzzle game. I don't know a whole lot about the Talos Principle. Um, do you know much about it? Isn't this game developed by the people that made Serious Sam? Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, I don't... Pro Team. Okay. Which I always th- thought was kind of interesting. So basically, I never played it, but I got the I- I impression that it's like it's like it's like um, what was that fucking game that came out on PS4? Uh. It was the you're on the island and it's you're solving all the puzzles. Um, hmm? That game Jonathan Blow made. Uh, His name's Jonathan John- Blow. Jonathan Blow games. He made Braid and fuck. What was this game? The Witness. The Witness with all the so crazy it looks puzzles. Like yeah, so it's like the witness, but you're a fucking robot, and it's not. It's like more realistic kind of, kind of um, okay graphics and stuff. But uh, oh, I think sorry. it came out before the witness, to be honest with you. But apparently, it's a bit. It's got a big. It's got a big uh, player base on PC. So it's cool that it's coming to PlayStation. I'm sure people will like it. These puzzle games just make me feel stupid, so I'm probably not going to play it. But uh, very cool for those people. Okay, the next game up was. Neva, N-E-V-A, is coming to 2024 to PS5, Xbox Series, Nintendo Switch, and PC. Um, again, I'm not even sure what this was. This was one of those freaking games that just kind of looks like what you... All these games kind of start looking alike, these indie games. They're all trying to get really creative with, with the art direction, and then they all kind of just start looking really kind of basic but pretty at the same time. You know what I mean? Like s- simple, but like pretty. It says players will face platforming puzzles, combat challenges while dealing with monstrous enemies. As ever, we also wanted to craft a polished experience with minimal UI, delicate art, high quality traditional animation, and an elegant music score. So hip, dude. We think that we've achieved that and can't wait for players to experience that for themselves. I'm not saying it's going to be bad. It's just... Another pretty game, but I don't know. It's coming to a bunch of different. Uh, it's not. It's not exclusive. Um, I don't have. I any... like the art style. Do you? And I know that people liked that game, Gree or Gris. I don't. G R I S was their other game. Um, I I don't know. It it could be. It's it's one of those games. It's like until I see gameplay of it, I don't know if I'll fucking like it or not. All I know is that you know they want you to feel sad about a big. You know, deer dog dying, and I don't know. Is that going to make me want to play it? A deer dog. The graphics, I, maybe if I see a gameplay, some Ew, gameplay of it. But it's a deer dog. I think it looks cool. I think I think the graphics look great. I love the like the watercolor art style to it. But um, I need to see gameplay before I'm going to make any decisions on this. Yeah, and I know this other one, uh, other podcasts, and different. Uh, you know, I don't know people that were talking about the places showcase. We're kind of shitting on this announcement, but CatQuest Pirates of the Caribbean 2024 all platforms 
to me, looks awesome. It looks, it looks like Nino Cooney or some shit to me. Like, I don't know if it's going to be good, but it struck some Nino Cooney chords with me. And, uh, and I'm going to hit play real quick and mute the sound. Because if you, if you look, the art direction for this game, to me, is way more cool and charming looking than, like, that last game we were just talking about, Neva. Um, mm-hmm. If you look at some of the world here, like... This looks like a super. It looks like if Nino Kuni was developed for Nintendo sixty four, uh, and ran it like sixty frames a second, or like if it was just a Switch game or something, dude. I don't. I don't know. I, I think it looks really good. I don't know what the gameplay is going to be like, but it, it almost reminds me of like a like the worlds of like Mario in a way. And, like, the traveling and, like, you find these little areas and you go down in the dungeons and you do these mini dungeons. It actually looks really good. I hate the fucking name. I think it's the stupidest name ever. Um, I think it's funny. But the game looks cool. I think it actually looks cool. It's definitely it's definitely one of those games that, like, low-key I could see myself playing. I just don't know that it belongs in this showcase is all. That's fair. I, I know I was kind of shitting on it earlier in the podcast, and, and I only mean that in that I don't know that it's something that, like, should be in this showcase, which is supposed to be a, a, yeah. a collection of bangers. That doesn't mean this isn't going to be an awesome game. And it does look cute and everything. But uh, Dude, it might be yeah, good. I don't really have a lot to say about it. Yeah. It might be great. Who, who knows? It could be the next fucking Tears of the Kingdom. Um, uh, Foam Stars. Square Enix announced a game called Foam Stars, four by four or four verse four uh, online shooter. Looks absolutely horrid. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I, I, nothing to say about it. Move I on. I never played uh, Splatoon, but my understanding is that this is just like a direct jab at that. Okay, it's weird to see something like this coming out of Square Enix, but. I don't know. I mean, well, cool. Make the I, money if you can, I, I guess. It's, it's totally it's, not for me. Yeah, I mean, it's probably going to be okay. I just don't know if it's going to succeed. I, I guess I guess they have a big market maybe in Japan, but I don't know. We'll have to see. Okay. The Plucky Squire uh, is coming in 2023, and I don't remember what this, this was. What one was this? It one? looks cool. This is the one where it like it starts in the storybook. Oh and yeah, then, like, and they crawl like off the, the page and perspective, shit. and they crawl off the page, and it's got like different kind of platforming, different kind of like action RPG kind of mechanics, like Zelda ish kind of stuff. It's it gave me um just in terms of like the type of game it is, it gave me like puppeteer vibes a little bit, just like in that like what kind of budget slash art space it's kind of residing in. Um, so I definitely, at least as of right now, I'm definitely interested in playing this game. I think it looks cool. Like an old Japan Studios game or something. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, it didn't, it looked cool. I agree with you. It looks kind of nice. Um, tear down another game coming to PlayStation five in 2023. I believe this game's already out on different platforms and it's doing really well. It's, 
It's just like one of those games, I, I don't know, it, it's got the Minecraft aesthetic, but it's also like all about wrecking shit. Um, it looks like almost like a burnout game, but it's in like fucking Minecraft blocks. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. Let's get Apparently it. it's already out on PC and people like it. Yeah. Yeah. So the next new one, the big one they show, one of the big ones they show was Konami remaking Metal Gear Solid uh, Snake Eater. And it's called Metal Gear Solid Delta Snake Eater. And uh, it's coming to PS5, Xbox Series, and uh, PC via Steam. And apparently, um, they also announced a uh, collection of the original three Metal Gear games also coming. Um, and uh, the game remake is coming to life as Virtuos help Konami with the project. Virtuos worked on some other remakes um, and did a pretty well job. So, yeah, I think they worked on the Horizon project. Uh, they did something for Horizon. Well, not obviously it wasn't a remake, but I can't remember what they worked on with. Maybe it was the PS5 port or something. Yeah, Virtuous worked on that. But yeah, so that's kind of how um, they worked on the Outer Worlds. Uh, what else do they have on their website here? I'm looking right now. Um, Unlimited Horizon. Uh, they've worked on the Callisto Protocol. They've worked on Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Uh, <clears throat> so they, they're a pretty well-established studio. Um, but they're going to be helping Konami out with this. This trailer was kind of cool, but again, it's just cinematic. So we, we also don't have a release date on this. It's, it's just a cinematic trailer, man. And it was kind of cool to see Snake, but... Uh, it's kind of a lackluster reveal for me. You know, I don't know. I'm not a huge Metal Gear dude, but I do like it. But at the same time, a lot of cinematic trailers during the showcase, Sony. Jake. Yeah. I, what can you say? I mean, everyone's excited for this. Everybody wants to see it. We got, but we didn't get anything but cinematics and a little bit of music, which is cool. Um, they did have the Metal Gear Solid 3 kind of song in it, which is awesome. So they're really playing up that it's going to be a remake, but I I want to see what this remake actually looks like. I've uh-huh. got a lot of a lot of um a lot of anticipation for this cuz I never actually played Metal Gear Solid 3 all the way through. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited for it, but we really didn't get a whole lot. I would have was expecting to see maybe a little bit of gameplay or something, but we didn't get any of that. Just cinematics, um, dude. This next one looked really cool to me. It was called uh, "The Towers of Agazba," coming uh, in 2024 to PS5. There's a big thing on the PlayStation blog about a lot of these games, um, and uh, it just says maintain the balance between nature and civilization while restoring the land of your people. Um, Open world builder games are amazing, aren't they? This is from PlayStation Blog, aren't they? We definitely think so, which is why we set out to reimagine the genre. We fantasized about a game where you could shape the towns and the environments you encounter, a game where you don't just experience pre-designed creations but become the creator yourself. This sowed the seed for our studio's very first game. Um, this is from Dreamlit Studios. And uh, you can build settlements and grow ecosystems and uh, it's like all in a fantasy world. 
The weird thing that I saw in here is that like there's a there's a lot of like really really big creatures in this world also, yeah. which I I love that getting dwarfed by like huge and of course every game Horizon has done it, this game's doing it. Uh, uh Kina didn't do it, but I think I think the one that you liked a lot around the time I was playing Kina Immortals Phoenix Rising might have done this, where you get like the fucking glider and you can jump off close and glide around. Oh yeah, it's very Zelda. Yeah, every game is doing this, so that's part of this game too. Transportation, but some underwater shit that looked really, really good in this game, and uh, some dinosaurs, Triceratops. It looks really good to me. I don't know that it's a game that I genre that I'm interested in, but visually, it spoke to me. It looked really kind of thought out and flushed out and the graphics look good and everything they showed looked really nice jake yeah i think it looks interesting it looks maybe like a like a like a world builder like god sim kind of thing and the scale looks impressive it looks it looks interesting running around your creation and maybe some of the things that you're able to make if you're able to make these big creatures or kind of mold the world so that they can exist with you and stuff i don't know it it looks like it's it would be awesome just to build these worlds and just kind of run around in them um i'm excited to get a little bit more context on what that actually means from moment to moment gameplay though yeah and then we got the final fantasy salvation trailer which just came out and uh hold on one second i'm gonna turn off the volume but i want this to play while i'm looking at it um i dude i'll say this this game's coming out next month everything i've seen about final fantasy 7 or jesus 16 to me has gotten me hype on this but when this trailer came out i was like i don't even know if i'm interested anymore like there's something about this trailer dude that looked pretty garbage to me i just glazed over when it came on i mean I, they've showed so much final fantasy 16 at this point that i'm just like it is what it is i don't know i don't need to see it anymore so i i honestly don't really have any opinion on it because i just kind of as soon as it came on and i realized you know i heard the music and i was like oh this is final fantasy i just glazed over until the next trailer so i don't even know what i saw to really? be honest with you. yeah dude there's something about it that like I like everything we said about Final Fantasy 16 earlier in the show about it not have it's like a standalone game and all this shit but like I've never been excited about a game and then watched a tra- the probably the last trailer before it comes out and be like eh. and like it didn't it didn't like it didn't uh support my excitement and it didn't like make me more excited for it. It just kind of took a little bit of it away, and I was like, "That was a really weird feeling." And I don't know I why it did that. You to were me. just—I think you maybe were just in a weird headspace when you were watching it. I—I I, <laughs> I don't know that it was really that bad. I think it's just, dude. It's just kind of like I think it's just people are just tired of seeing shit. Yeah. So maybe, maybe, dude. I don't know. Alan Wake Two gets announced, and it's coming out October seventeenth, real soon. And uh, not announced. It's been announced, I believe. But it's going to be a digital-only release so that they keep the price down. It's going to be $60. I'm okay with all of that. 
Jake? For uh, for Alan Wake 2? Yeah. Uh, first of all, this trailer was awesome. I am so stoked for Alan Wake 2. The first game was so awesome when I played it. I know people have said maybe it doesn't hold up or whatever, but I still do want to run, be- jump back before this launches and try and play the first one again before I play this one because it was such a cool game uh, when I played it at the time. Mm-hmm. Even if I just like play it on easy and just kind of blitz through it, I just want to like go through that story again because it was just such a weird, like unique sort of horror experience. And it seems like they're really doubling down on the it's becoming like less thriller, more horror, which is which is cool as shit. So I'm excited to see how this game turns out. And I'm even more excited now that I see that it's a digital only release, allowing them to charge only 60 bucks for it. That's that's sick. And the graphics were really good. I'll say. Yeah, looks great. Everything looks awesome about this game. I think this is probably going to be the one of the more deserved games to be talked about during the showcase that probably isn't going to get talked about nearly enough. Right. Unfortunately, that's just the vibe I'm getting. Um, next up, we saw Assassin's Creed Mirage, which is coming out October 12th. Two games within a week from one another. Assassin's Creed Mirage and Alan Wake 2 will be coming out in October. Uh, Mirage is coming out on PS4 and PS5, Xbox and PC. So, um, I could care less about Assassin's Creed. I'm going to be honest with the listeners and with you. You you know I've tried my hand at these games. They just don't do it for me. I even bought Odyssey because everyone loved it, and I tried to play it, and I was like, I fucking hate the controls. Yeah, but I do – there's something about this trailer where I was like, oh, they are going back to the fucking – OG formula like it looks like the first Assassin's Creed game and to me that's cool like I'm, I'm happy for those fans I don't know if if I like you're talking about if I can tolerate the controls but we again we don't really know how it's going to control yet we just know that it looks like the old game so um, you know, maybe they'll change it up a little bit. Maybe it'll be exactly the same. I don't know, but I'm excited that they kept to their word and they are, in fact, it seems anyway, they're going back to what people used to love about the original, like the first few Assassin's Creed games. And I remember when the Assassin's Creed one came out, it was like a revelation. That game was fucking wild. I just remember sneaking around, killing people, and then climbing up on these towers and diving into these bales of hay and shit and, like, piles of hay. And I never played it all the way through, but I just remember this is, like, fucking cool. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Pretty pretty interesting. It looks – yeah, to me, it looks a lot more of the same to me. I, I can't even differentiate between what makes the original Assassin's Creed games versus the newer ones. I know that, like – they in some of these newer games like they were they implemented these dumb tower defense mini games and shit and like they all the side missions and all the all the RPG elements of like oh you can use this weapon cuz this weapon you can pick up this weapon this weapon's better you can use this one you can you know use this you can use that one you can put on this armor you can do that and it's just like okay i fucking get it like i can wear anything i want to use any weapon i want to fucking run around this open world that you created and just like fucking cause havoc it's like gta in any time period you want 
And it's just like the story, no one, I, the, even though everyone says that the story is interesting and cool, I don't know. Maybe people can fucking tell you what it's about. Like, I just know the Artemis exists and you go in it and then, like, it takes you back in time. You embody these people. I, it's just so fucking confusing, man. Like, it's just like. They need to get off. I, I know they have this huge mission with Assassin's Creed right now, and they've got all these mile markers they're going to hit with all these different games and stuff, dude. But I I couldn't give less of a fuck about it. Like, honestly, I'm just so over Assassin's Creed, dude. Yeah. All right. That rant That's over. Fair. Uh, the, gl- the Glorious Society announced Revenant Hill for PS4 and PS5. Um, you're just supposed to be building some sort of egalitarian society I don't even know what this means um, it's like I think these are like adventure games because there, there's another one yeah there's another uh, game in this universe did so. nothing for me I've got nothing to say about it uh, Grand Blue Fantasy Relink coming winter 2023 I've never played any of the Grand Blue games I know that people like them um, they I mean they look cool you know but I, I don't know anything about it I'm getting major if you go to the PlayStation blog and you look at some of these character artworks it's gotta be pretty much the same artist for Valkyria Chronicles that is making these character art things I mean it it looks at least the color I don't know it looks very Valkyria Chronicles and I know it's not but like towards the bottom of PlayStation blog they tell you like Zeta Zeta and uh, Vazaraga like those look straight up out of Valkyrian Chronicles. All right. Anything about Grand Blue Fantasy Relink, Jake? No. Looks like a JRPG I probably will never play. Yep. Street Fighter got another trailer. Street Fighter Six. moving on. Altros uh, action-packed loop-based adventure. PS4, PS5, PC through Steam. And uh, Man, this game looks so fucking cool. I just wish that they would cut it out with this loop shit. Like, just let me play a fucking game. I'm sorry that you don't want to make more than one level and you want me to play it 9,000 times to get my hours up. Just let me play the fucking game. Start to fit. Now, if it's not like this super hard shit, then okay, maybe I'll still like it. But I think that it looks awesome. I'm just disappointed that it's a roguelike. Yeah, I really I maybe it, I mean maybe it's not a roguelike, but it says it's a loot-based adventure, so I really like the color scheme, dude. Yeah, it looks fucking dope. It's just so color. They could have went with like drab colors and it would look like every other Metroidvania, but they went with this really fucking colorful scheme on this game and I approve, but yeah, I'm not playing any fucking looped game. It was so funny when I watched this and this trailer came up. I was like on the edge of my seat. I'm fucking stoked. I'm fucking stoked. I'm fucking stoked. And then the last shot is the same as the first shot where he's like waking up and starting oh his mission God. over again. I was like, fuck, hey, it's a roguelike. Thanks, Returnal. No, I'm just kidding. The Returnal wasn't Returnal's the first. awesome. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, moving. All on. right. Tower of Fantasy. Tower of Fantasy um, is a uh, uh, cyberpunk open world RPG. PS4 and PS5, summer 2023. It's already available on PC. I don't know how it's doing. Um, just some more 
fucking gobbledygook. Like, I don't even know what this is. Like, what is it? Like, it, it's just like fucking... I don't know, man. Nothing about this says buy me or play this. You know what I mean? The only thing that's semi cool about it is like the weird Tron moments where you're on like a like a fucking motorcycle. I think it's like uh, it looks a lot like Genshin Impact. To be honest with you, like maybe there's some differences in like oh these guys have mechs and shit like that. But it's it's another Chinese developer, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, I think it might be, like, in that kind of realm. So, I don't know. That doesn't mean that it's bad. But I will be interested to see if this is going to be... Do we know if this is free to play? It doesn't say. Hmm. Interesting. Dragon's Dogma 2 was the next one? Yeah. Um... I don't know. Looks cool. I I didn't play a lot of the first one. I played it a little bit, but um, I wa- I wish I had played it a little bit more because I know people really like it. So I'd be interested in seeing more about this for sure. I mean, it looks pretty decent, I suppose. Yeah, it's 17 plus, they're thinking. So it's going to be pretty mature. Um, it's, it's got like that fantasy fucking shit to it. You know, people with lion's faces, um, people with lion faces. I mean, that is real. It's like lion face characters is like ogre yeah. beast characters, troll characters, fucking wizards, knights, spell casting, fucking Medusa shit. I mean, it looks cool as fuck. But like you, man, I've never played Dragon's Dogma. Um, I don't know. It's a single-player narrative-driven action RPG. It challenges players to choose their own experience from the appearance of their arisen, their vocation, their party. How to approach different situations and more. On your journey, you'll be joined by pawns, mysterious otherworldly beings in an adventure to you. so unique you will feel as if accompanied by other players while on your own adventure. Wow. I don't know. It looks cool. Yeah, dude. I'll be interested to see more on it probably. It's a video game. Um, Five Nights at Freddy's, Help Wanted 2, coming to PSVR 2 in late 2023. We get a little bit more on that. I think we knew that was already happening. Um, My prediction uh, next showed up Resident Evil VR mode for Resident Evil 4. We get its first trailer. Um, It's going to be free DLC for the base game, which is awesome. The Capcom seems to be good. doing this with all their Resident Evil shit. It's just like, yeah, if you have the game, here's free VR shit for you. Yeah, it looks awesome. Um, Arizona Sunshine 2 looks really fucking cool. Did you see this? Yeah, yeah I did. This looks good. This looks like a buyer from Fred. Me. Huh? Fred. His friend Fred. Oh, yeah. My name was all over this trailer. I think there's some Looney <laughs> speaking to me. Yeah, I just kept saying Fred, Fred, Fred. Yeah. Um, dude, it's a reveal trailer. This is our first look at this game. And uh, it looked really good, dude. I, I didn't play the first I guess the first one was awesome. I, I, I never played it, but I guess it was one of the more popular games on VR. It was. 
Yeah, it really was. And I never played it either. I, I think <laughs> there's a scene where uh, he's holding zombie hands in his hands and he's like slapping zombies with dead zombie hands. And it's so fucking cool. Um, and then he's holding like a face, a dead zombie head and his tongue sticking out and he's like moving the jaw with his hands. It's like, and it's like, it looks really cool, man. Um, something you could maybe get PTSD from, possibly. I have no clue. Um, but it looks really good. Uh, so I hope it's cool, man. Arizona Sunshine 2. This was a nice little surprise. And again, like Alan Wake 2, probably a game that's not going to get talked about much. But looks really nice. A nice, nice addition to the VR2 catalog. Um, Crossfire Sierra Squad. New gameplay details and that it's coming to PSVR 2. Um, this game looks good. I, if you're into that kind of thing, I think it's going to be better than that Pavlov game everyone was going nuts over. Um, this looks more like my speed for doing like online shooting kind of games. And Jake, we don't know. I mean, it doesn't seem like we're ever going to get any kind of like rifle attachment for the for these games. But what was your take on this? Did you watch this? Yeah, uh, it seems fine. There's like there's like a million military shooter VR games, so I don't even know how to tell them apart anymore. Yeah, this one. Looks- I just like saw it. I was like, oh, I saw it. I was like, oh, this looks good, but I don't even know what fucking game this is. This could be like five different games. <laughs> could be Firewall. Could be Pavlov. Could be Crossfire. Yeah, I thought it looked nice. I, something about this game. Yeah, I was. I saw it. I was like, "Oh, this is probably an update for whatever game." Far and then Walter. it came up, and it was like it was. And then it was came up, and it was like, "Oh, it's a, a game I've never heard of before." Like, okay, well, yeah. <laughs> hopefully, it's good. Yeah. I mean, it, the the VR is great for these types of games. So, yeah, it, re- it really is. I think with the new hand handles or the new control, the handles, the new controllers, it will be. Now, speaking of. Um, First person shooters, man. This Synapse game looks really cool. Um, yeah. David Hayter is going to be voice acting in this, the Metal Gear guy. And Jennifer Hale will also have be a voice talent in, in this game, per the PlayStation blog. Nice. And uh, just the, the appearance, like, it looks kind of cool on a flat screen, but I would imagine, like, being in a black and white world where, like, the fucking bullets are, like, orange and shit, and, like, there's, like, fucking color sparse color showing up i bet you that is awesome in vr i bet it just really works it's got some some neat like super hot or res infinite kind of vibes that like yeah i think it would be dope in vr to be honest with you i i the some of the like the shield shit where he's like like moving stuff around yeah. with his left hand seems it like looks a little clunky to oh, me okay. so i'm curious how it i'm curious how it feels in vr but um, it just looks like there's a lot of, like, inertia to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm curious how that will feel in-game. But um, it looks great. Dude, the fucking black and white shit. Like, do you mean where, like, he's, like, using his magic abilities to, like, throw people and stuff like that? Yeah, where he's, like, catching stuff and throwing. It looks like there's a lot of weight to it that might feel a little bit, I don't know. But we'll have to see. But it looks good, I'll say. Yeah, and it looks fast-paced also. So I'm not sure if it's, like... A really fast-paced game. If it's if you're allowed to get shot more than once, is it like a Hotline Miami style? You gotta like you can't get hit by anything. Um, I don't know, dude, but it looks really cool. Um, it's on my list for sure. That was a nice little shout out. And in fact, I was really impressed with the VR games they showed. Um, 
So Beat Saber's coming to PSVR 2, and uh, there's going to be some Queen DLC. This is a game I haven't played yet on anything, and uh, I'm imagining VR 2 is the way to do it. And if you're looking to get fit again and work out and like lose a little bit of weight, I hear like all the fucking Beat Saber shit can get you working up a sweat. So, um, And I love Queen, dude. So bring it. Jake? Yeah, it's cool that they shadow dropped this. I mean, we all knew it was coming, but it's cool that they were, they announced it and dropped it at the same time. Yeah, it's out. Yeah. Are, are you going to pick this up? I know you, we talked. We don't really. I need to. I need to just. I've been talking about it for fucking ever, and everybody loves this game. I need to just buy it and play it because yeah. it looks dope. Yeah. Same with Pistol Whip. I'm going to try that game. Um, and then we got uh, a cinematic trailer that kind of came out of nowhere uh, Bungie's new game, Marathon. Um, uh, PvP extraction shooter, PS5 series, Xbox series, and PC. Um, I, I, you know, yeah, sure. I mean, it looks cool, man. I, I mean, Bungie knows what they're doing, so it's probably good. But we didn't get any gameplay, and uh, someone found a QR code in this trailer. Did you see that? No. There was a hidden QR code and someone found it and it takes you to the site where like the developers are talking more about the game. Hmm. So they, they, hid, they hid shit in this trailer. But go ahead. I So here's the thing. I'm sure that this game is probably not for me. And I... And because of that... So, so let me start with this. This is probably my favorite trailer of the whole showcase. Doesn't mean it's going to be my favorite game, but I think part of the reason why I was so stoked about the trailer is because if there was gameplay, it might have ruined the trailer for me. Because <laughs> I know I, I I have no I have no doubt that this is going to be a dope shooter. Yeah, it's going to control awesome. It's going to be fucking sick because it's Bungie. Yeah, but I don't know if the multiplayer extraction aspect of it is going to be for me. Right. But the aesthetics and the music and the sound and everything in the fucking trailer and the fact that like the Bungie logo splashed up on something that wasn't fucking Destiny for the first time in ten years was cool as shit. I mean, that was a really dope thing to see. I love the colors of this. Like we talked a lot about colors and some of the other stuff that we talked about, but like the color scheme in this was so fucking cool. Um, but again, with so much, like, as with so much shit in here, like I need to see fucking gameplay. I need to see what this game actually is. And if I have a big disappointment about this, 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 uh, the showcase is that there's just a lot of the stuff that I'm stoked about in here. I don't know what the fucking game looks like. So we'll have to see. But anyway, like I said, as far as just like a pure trailer goes, it was probably my favorite for the showcase. Interesting. I feel the same way about one coming up. But uh, we got the Destiny 2. Uh, the final little piece of that. And uh, it's called The Final Shape. Um, Nathan Fillion was part of this. And uh, they announced a Destiny showcase on August 22nd to reveal more. I'm curious what this means because Nathan Fillion plays Cade, who, spoilers, is killed in the Forsaken. Hey, be careful. 
It's in the fucking trailer. Oh. <laughs> so I wonder what this Chicken. means. Spoilers, this like, dude dies. Like You didn't even yeah. give anyone a chance to mute you. No. Deal with it. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry if, if I ruined your day, but it was literally in the announcement trailer for Forsaken. So I don't feel that bad about saying Um So I wonder what this means like what what is this story component here is this the end of destiny 2 is but bungie officially moving on from destiny after this last kind of sort of push for the game i don't know i uh the showcase is not till august end of august actually it's like fucking few months from now but um i'll be curious to see what what the end holds if it is in fact the end of the destiny saga yeah, dude. I don't I don't know. I kind of I don't know what the hell's going on in Destiny. So I can't even feign to care. Like I think the game's if you awesome don't stick it plays up with it. If you don't stick with it, you don't know what the fuck's going it plays, on. I mean, that's all there is. Yeah, it plays super well and it's so pretty and it's such a fun game to jump into, but I need to have some context. And when you don't have it, it's just like this all looks awesome, but I don't have the time to invest in this. Um, I'm sure people are just going nuts about it, though. Um, the the next one I think is the probably my favorite trailer, and it's the fire first party Fireworks Studios uh, game Concord coming to PS5 and PC in 2024. Now Concord on the YouTube uh, video posted by PlayStation it says. Introducing Concord, a new PvP multiplayer first-person shooter from Firewalk Studios launching on PS5 and PC in 2024. This trailer doesn't explain anything. It's just this fucking spaceship careening through the atmosphere. And you can only imagine it's traveling faster than the speed of light. Um, and there are plants inside that are like shaking with the with the thing. And there's... You know, all this stuff like sci-fi guns and bullets and then maybe not sci-fi. And then there's an open locker with like this bullet hang from a chain, an old vending machine. And then it shows this like hamburger thing just jiggling inside the, 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 the locker. But also inside there is like like candy wrappers and like stuff that looks like was from another time period. Like the thing holding the burger is made out of styrofoam, like like the old McDonald's or Burger King like containers and the old candy wrappers, and like it just shows this guy zooming through what I think is faster than the speed of light. So it says it's a it's a PvP multiplayer first person shooter, and the text and the colors they're using. Um, seems like kind of seventies. Like I love the color. Like I'm just like, dude, is this a time travel shooting game? Like we're like you can go to different eras. Like the maps are all different eras or some shit or like you know futuristic shit. And then you go to like I don't I I don't know what it is. They don't really explain it. But the the title Concord is awesome. The logo looks fucking rad. It looks like old Atari shit. And just trying to like make sense of what this trailer's trying to tell us. It looks like, I mean, could it be a time travel space PvP game? I don't know what it is. 
Yeah, I don't know. That's strange. It looks it looks cool though. The trailer looks cool, but again, what is it? Who knows? <laughs> like, what is the theme? Like, what's the theme? I want to know what the theme is. Are you all just like space stars or something? Like, I don't know. I don't know. But I'm really fucking interested in Concord now. Um, we got a, a Gran Turismo movie trailer. I thought we might get something. We did. And then uh, they went in to talk about Project Q, which is what they're calling the streaming thing, right? The streaming handheld. An 8-inch screen, I believe, they said it would have. Uh, no price point was given. We're going to see more about it in the excuse me, in the future on the uh, the PlayStation YouTube channel. Um, I'm trying to see. I thought it. I thought it. It's like an accessory sneak peek is what they call it. Yeah. And the uh, Project Q device for PlayStation games installed on your PS5 and streamed over Wi-Fi, plus our first official wireless earbuds offering lossless audio on PS5 and PC. More details coming in the months ahead. So we didn't get a whole lot about it, but it's like proof of life that these things exist um, and they are working on them. So, Jake, any opinion about the streaming thing, Project Q? It's a weird name. Um, yeah, I mean, that's not going to be the final name, but I... I think it looks cool. It literally looks like just like somebody cracked a dual sense in half, spread the edges apart and put a screen in the middle. Yeah. But it's a big ass screen. Eight inch screen is fucking huge. So um and it seems like it's meant to be used on local Wi Fi. Like it's not gonna be like yeah. a r- remote streaming thing. Just why you so, guys are taking shits. Um I don't know. It whether or not I, I pick this thing up is solely going to boil down to how much does it cost because if it's not super expensive i could see myself having this thing to play some stuff in bed or whatever but if it's like four hundred dollars no fucking way there's no fucking way i'm buying this thing because i like i'm not gonna if i can't take it on the road with me like what's the point I could just use my phone in bed if I want to. Every house already but has like five TVs. Like I'm not. If this I'm, was like a hundred, if this is like a hundred and fifty, two hundred dollars, I'd consider picking one up. But we'll see. They say that the controllers are going to have all of the same features as the DualSense. And I think they said it was like uh, on like local Wi-Fi, 1080p, 60, which is pretty good for streaming. But what's the lag rate, dude? Yeah, who knows? That's the thing. What's the lag? But, and not only that, they I've already read different places that they're saying the battery life is like four hours. Which is fine. I mean, for me, it's fine. I don't know why. I mean, it's got a huge-ass screen. Of course, it's going to be like four hours. So I wouldn't expect much more out of it than that. My fucking dual sense doesn't last more than four hours. That's true. If this, thing la- if this thing lasts <laughs> fucking four hours, I'll be stoked. Yeah. I mean, that's probably best case scenario, but... I'm honestly kind of curious about the earbuds, but, you know, that's kind of like a whatever thing. It's like a million and one different earbuds. How is it? But I'll be... I get that the Bluetooth... I get that you can lose audio quality over Bluetooth, but they're saying it's lossless, so that's curious. I think it has, just has to do with compression and how they send it over the air and all that crap, and, and it's kind of like, you know, their controllers, I guess, are really high-speed Bluetooth or whatever. Like, it's not like your traditional, like, shitty fucking Bluetooth. If headphones it, Bluetooth. So If they were smart... That's just my guess. They'd market them with uh, with the VR2. Yeah, that'd be cool. That definitely would be cool. If 
you didn't have to ha- use the over the head shit. Yeah, it is kind of cool that you know the ones that they send actually plug into the headset, so you're not like they're not dangling all over the place. But having a Bluetooth pair would be would be neat for sure. It'd be supreme. Lastly, we finally got our Marvel Spider-Man 2 story, gameplay, all of that from Insomniac. Game looks good, man. I I don't know. It looks good. It's going to be fine. So, so I've got two comments about this. One, I was just kind of like completely uh, – I was not um, – I was not – underwhelmed or overwhelmed by anything that I saw. Exactly. Just like, this is exactly what I expected out of the next Spider-Man game. That doesn't mean it doesn't look fucking awesome. I just am like, okay, I I saw what I expected to see. The one thing that I didn't, so the few things that I didn't expect that I thought were cool was one, Peter Parker having the fucking symbiote suit. seems like he's going to have like a different power set while he's wearing the Venom suit, which is cool. Um, to the fact that they showed how it's it's single player by you switching between there are story beats where you're switching between Miles and Peter, and it's not like two people playing at the same time. Yep. Um, and three, the thing that I thought was fucking awesome is they added a glide mechanic in with the wingsuit, and it looks like you're fucking booking. Which would make the make the traversal in the game just a lot more fun and allow you to travel a lot faster and a lot longer distances. Um, it does look like they've expanded the map and stuff too into the Queens area, which is really cool. So, um, but other than that, I mean, looks great. Just looks like another fucking Spider-Man game. Uh, I really liked what I saw out of like the move set that they showed with Miles Morales about how he could like like put up his own strings to be able to like sneak across like open air and stuff to to sneak up on enemies and some of like his like shock attacks looked really cool. Yeah. Again the this the symbiote stuff looked pretty cool. Yeah. Yes but sir. Ultimately it fulfilled my expectations. On, uh, my the biggest surprise to me honestly was that we didn't get a date, but we kind of covered earlier about how they'll probably sh- shed the announced date. Or they'll share the announce date sometime over middle of the summer or something. Yeah. No, I agree. I think it looks awesome. And uh, fuck it. You know, that's it. They closed off that way. So, I mean, that was the PlayStation Showcase, man. I agree. I'm excited for Spider-Man. The things you pointed out, I felt the same way. I wasn't, like, gobstopped by anything. Uh, a lot of cinematic shit. You know, did did PlayStation completely duff this? No. Did they meet the expectations that everybody else had for the showcase? No. Five days later, looking back at it, was it all right? Sure. Yeah, it was fine. It's fine. We saw a lot of new shit. You know, would we like to have seen, you know, Mark, uh, House Mark, Bend, whatever Corey Barlog's working on, fucking factions? We'd love to have seen all those things in a perfect world. Yes, sir. But did it happen? It didn't. And I think we walked away feeling a little little disappointed, you know. But ultimately, I don't think that the world's on fire and uh, PlayStation are still 
dominating, but they they didn't like you said, Jake. They didn't. I think this could have been five games shorter, even ten games shorter. They could have they could have uh, not called this a showcase and called it like a super state of play. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's one of those things that I think. When I first watched it, I was like, oh, that's kind of okay. But after a couple days, I was like, it actually was pretty good. I think I think it's just, you know, the expectations get the better of us. And I think we need to just reflect on that a little bit. Go back through, rewatch some of the trailers, realize that it actually is a pretty good showing. I just wish that they had shown of the th- – honestly, if they just – of the things that they had, if they had shown more – like if we had like so, like half of the games that we got cinematic trailers for, if we had gotten gameplay for them, I think that we'd have a different conversation here. Like if you had gameplay of Snake fucking sneaking around, just you know, murking guys in the fucking jungle, like real gameplay and stuff. Same thing with uh, Marathon. I think is a little too early, but ultimately, my rule of thumb is I would much rather them not say something if a game is going to be like two or three years away then have them announce it this early see it every fucking showcase from here until then and then them just beat the living shit out of it kind of like they're doing with final fantasy 16 right now like i like that's why i said i just fucking zoned out and i'm not excusing them for not delivering the things they should have delivered but if it's Either that or them announce stuff way too early and have me just bored of it by the time it comes out. I would rather be in the dark a little bit. I just think it's a missed opportunity for them to really try and lay the killing blow on Xbox. Not that I'm hoping that Xbox does bad. I think that either one. I'm saying from from a business perspective, they lost lost out on an opportunity. Yeah, I – I, it just sounds like what if they if they could have done anything else? It sounds like you know they probably would have shown it if it was ready, and it it just wasn't. You know, it's just not there yet. You know, so the these and this is back to what Big Box was saying. Like, shit's shit's not ready yet. So you know, sh- should they have not called it a showcase, or should they have just rolled these out in smaller state of plays over the year, or? I don't know what option do they have. There, there was a lot here. 30, 34 games. So I mean, and they had a lot to show, but not as much first party shit as I wanted. Which means that they're just holding their first party studios to a high fucking standard, really. Mm. Um, to me, uh, I'm stoked about some of this stuff though. Alan Wake two, Hell Divers two. Uh, let's see more on Concord. We talked about that. You know, Ghost Runner 2 is going to be great for a lot of people. Um, people are going to be stoked in Towns Principle 2. Dude, uh, the Haven thing, who knows? Metal Gear Solid Delta remake, fucking rad. People are going to be stoked on Mirage. Dude, it's just like there was a lot of shit here. The Resident Evil VR mode, that's great for the VR fans. Arizona Sunshine 2, fucking first time we got to see that. Uh, the Beat Saber Shadow Drop, awesome marathon shit. Like, yeah, there was some fucking shit, dude. But it just seemed like it was a little long in the tooth. Like, there's a lot of dropping of names, but not a lot of content, really. And I think that's 
also part of the problem. Um, all right, Jake. New games, and then we're out of here. That was uh, this is one of the longest PS. This is awesome episodes we've had in a long time, and rightfully so, I suppose. And uh, lucky for you and I, we're not working tomorrow on account of the holiday. But May thirtieth, Company of Heroes three, Everdream Valley, Far World Pioneers, and the Caligula Effect Overdose. May thirty first, we're getting Gunfire Reborn, Laser Pitium, Laser Pitium. Um, Undead Horde 2, Necropolis. And then June 1st, we're getting Homebody, Killer Frequency, and Skatebird instead of Skateboard. <laughs> June 2nd, we're getting EA Sports Super Mega Baseball, Shantae, Street Fighter 6th on June 2nd, and then We Love Katamari Reroll plus Royal Reverie. So those are your games coming out. Let us know what you're playing. Let us know what you thought of today's show. It's been a little longer, and... Uh, Man, we'll be lucky if we get this out at midnight like we normally do for Mondays. Um, is what it is. Thanks for joining us for episode 277 of PS This Is Awesome. We're a PlayStation Podcast. 278. Jesus, we're 278. Sorry, guys. I misspoke. Uh, PlayStation Podcast. Thank you so much for being here today with us. Don't forget, we have a Patreon. If you support us at a $1 level, you sometimes get the, the, the episodes a little early. We don't promise it, but you will get a free sticker and we'll give you a shout out. And uh, our eternal gratitude jake anything before we leave um no not really uh there was one game that i kind of saw today that i thought was kind of neat it came out last week this past week called miasma chronicles i don't know oh yeah at all yeah dude it looks like it might be up your alley yeah it's like fucking x like post-apocalyptic XCOM kind of meets wasteland kind of thing it looks great so and it's only 50 bucks so people might want to check that out. I, I was just watching some gameplay on it before we started the podcast. Um, and then there, are, I'm not going to get too deep into it because I don't want to stick around any longer because it's fucking late. But there were a few a few other games that um, Sony released trailers for on their YouTube just recently since the showcase that I thought looked cool. Um they, the three of them that I kind of picked out were this game called Bat Boy, uh, another game called Chronicles of Two Heroes. Both of those are like 8-bit, 16-bit side-scroller fucking action games, kind of like Ninja Gaiden or something like that. Um, and then there was another game called Days of Doom, which, which almost looks like something made by the guys that did Darkest Dungeon. But like not like that gothic dark style. Like it's it's something a little bit more. I don't know. I don't. Know, I want to say lighthearted, but a little bit less dark. Um, I like how it's called so Days of Doom, and you're like it's it's like not as dark as Darkest Dungeon. <laughs> I just mean like Darkest Dungeon is like you're getting diseased and fucking going insane and shit like that. And this is this is more like E is for everyone kind of themes right you're just like kind of trying to survive in the apocalypse i'm looking it's at it's more like uh yeah. if, if i would say like it's more along the lines of like a steam world kind of mad max shit uh, yeah so anyway i just wanted to throw that out there but if anyone's interested in those games i'm looking at that right so. now it does look cool um yeah dude i just love the idea of like <laughs> what you said um, it's just like, it'd be like it'd be like yeah there's this new band called like 
you know, don't get burnt. Um, or, or maybe this new band called like, you know, I don't know, Hellfire. But it's not like, they're not nearly as metal as like that band called, you know, Subway. <laughs> or something, something <laughs> stupid. Like, it was like the names didn't quite jive. It's like this game called yeah. Days of Doom, but it's not like nearly as dark as Darkest Dungeon did. <laughs> it's like Days of Doom isn't isn't as Yeah, dude. I love that shit. It's just so funny to me. All right. Thanks for sharing that with everybody, Jake. Dude, I got a lot of fucking shit to do with this podcast to get it online here by Monday. So it is almost ten it's almost ten thirty five at night. So been a long episode. Thank you for joining us. And uh, with all that out of the way, we'll see you next Monday. So like Marathon, Metal Gear Solid Delta Snake Eater, and Marvel Spider-Man 2. P.S. This is awesome. This is awesome.